0: Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one man.
1: Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we got another year in. We're Cantrip Cartel. We're here to talk magic. How you doing today, Matt? Oh, doing well enough.
0: Uh, Got off work, came home, ate some rice and chicken, and...
1: Boo. Got ready to uh, record. You didn't get greasy Wendy's fast food like a freaking fat guy?
0: Nope. Uh, see, I'm already a fat guy. I'm trying to not be a fat guy. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Matt got a new nickname at work today, <laughs> yeah, and he's actually I'm no, ecstatic about I'm it. I'm no
0: longer short, Matt, because apparently <laughs> there's an even shorter there's, Matt.
1: There's a much shorter Matt. See,
0: I'm actually, this is going to sound like a super cope from a short guy, I'm actually average height. Yes. And one of the funny things is, so I'm like 5'9". My entire friend group in high school was all 6 foot or taller. Yep. So like... Within that context, I was always the shortest one, and uh, that was one of the things they blew me shit about. I blew them plenty of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, plenty of shit. I've got a little bit of a, a mouth on me, so like... What? You know, keeping up verbally is not something I really have trouble with, but <laughs> there's, a, there's an even shorter Matt at
1: work. Yes. And now I'm no longer... And I didn't even bring it up. Nope. Someone else came out and said, hey, Matt... Not you, short Matt. <laughs> yes. And I was like rejoicing. I'm
0: yep. like, yeah.
1: So I So now I am. I tried to politely call Matt Tall Matt, to which I was corrected by Matt. He it, is now fat Matt. Yeah, I'm fat Matt. Because I'm Matt. not
0: tall. Nope. <laughs> I don't need we don't need to lie we just to it. stroke my ego. Pulled one straight
1: out of the community. <laughs> yep. Now we got fat Matt.
0: I'm fat Matt. And hopefully, once I lose enough weight. I'm only, you know, 70 pounds overweight. Now, BMI is not exactly the most accurate description. No, it's awful. But is a, a, it is a useful tool to describe whether or not you are, uh, unless you're falling outside of the norm. So, like, a bodybuilder is going to pop up as obese because of their height to weight mm-hmm. ratio. I'm well, not dude, a bodybuilder. Dude, I
1: I pop up as morbidly obese. Yep. I am I mean, I'm overweight for sure. I'm probably not obese. I'm definitely not morbidly obese. Yeah. So I hate BMIs.
0: So it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, there's tons of shit, and I'm no, like, health expert or, like, weightlifting guy or Let's anything like that. Let's just pretend we are for the next right, two hours. Right, and just hours. piss everybody else off. <laughs> Let's
1: just speak as if we're yeah. we're nutritionists. But no, I mean,
0: the big thing is uh, you've got your BMI, and then you want to look at your body fat percentage and stuff like that. And yeah. th- th- they're all individual tools that, in, like, individually, none of them are going to give you a good description of your health. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't need a doctor to tell me I'm fat. I have a mirror. Yeah, so I'm aware I am
1: fat. Yeah,
0: so I'm just trying to work on that. Hence the chicken and rice. Yep, Um, it's a
1: really it's a great meal.
0: And we do like taco. So basically, just take like taco seasoning and cook the rice in it, and then throw some cheese on there and stuff. So it's tasty. But oh
1: yeah, oh it um, that shit can taste delicious. I used to I I eat you know chicken and rice almost every night, and it was delicious. I loved it.
0: Yeah. But other than that, been working on Final Fantasy eleven still. Uh, I'm sure the three people who care will want to listen hear
1: about the uh, updates. Dude, I have way more people to give a shit about your Final Fantasy whatever than me playing COD or Dark Souls, I promise.
0: Well, I think the big thing is it's one continuous thing. Yeah. It's one it's it's still I'm still on the same journey yeah. as I was a year and a half ago. Since we started. I take threats from it, but yeah. So just fired working. Elden Ring back up. I saw that. I saw you pop on Steam. I saw, like, I went to the the page on Steam and it said there was new content available. Was there a DLC or anything, or is no, that just sort been sort of?
1: There? They added an arena so you can fight people. Gotcha. We always had, I say we, at the Dark Souls community, uh, we've always organized our own fight rings, basically. Yeah. Um. There was so like even in Dark Souls three, there was a fight arena you could go to, but it was way more popular. Just like there was a few known locations. That you could, you would invade, and yeah. People, I mean, you'd you'd invade an area, and there'd be I don't know how I don't know what you do in the game to let this happen, but there'd be like seven people there, mm-hmm. and there'd be five people up on the up on the the stands watching. Yep, just watching people f- and duel. two fighting. Yep, and take. Turns. And then when someone wins, someone jump down and go fight them.
0: That's a good example of emergent gameplay, um, which I love. It's I mean, emergent gameplay is basically Minecraft to a T. Where they give you a sandbox and they, yeah. it, there's not a whole lot of direction. It's so like, here you go, go we, do stuff.
1: We built our game.
0: Yep, and then that is, that's one of the things I found in games that I like. A good game, not always, but that's one of the ways you can tell. Like, if people are so interested in playing this game that they figure out how to do what they wanna do, even if you didn't Yeah, you didn't explicitly co- made it in there. Like, we don't need an arena, we're just gonna yep. meet up and duel, and there's yeah. gonna be a community around this dueling.
1: There's no, I don't know if there is in the new game, the arena they added, but like in Dark Souls 3, there's no way to watch fights. Yeah, You don't get, to, there's no way to spectate. You just spawn in against somebody in an arena, and you fight them, and the winner wins. I don't think you really get anything. It's fun to fight people. Whereas this, like, you can sit and watch fights. Yep. You can just, you can. They call it a fight club. You'd host a fight club.
0: Mm-hmm. And everybody, and nobody talks about it. Yeah,
1: no one talks about it. So that was already a thing on Eldering. There were areas where you could. You, we basically had arenas, uh, but they added a dedicated arena where you can literally just queue up to fight.
0: Can you spectate in that yet? I don't think so.
1: Now the problem. Now I will say that I don't fuck with that kind of stuff. I don't like PvP. I'm mm-hmm. uh, bad at it. It's cut and dry. I don't enjoy it because I'm bad at it. Sure. Um, people are really, really good at it. It's really, really complicated and really difficult. I like playing Dark Souls and Elden Ring because I like carrying a big sword and hitting shit hard. Yeah, that's what I'm here to do. Which,
0: I don't know the game, but given most PvP games, slow is rarely no. the best thing. It, it can be playable, but it's yeah. rarely like the meta because no, people get too good at like dodging and shit like that. All about, and you'll just yeah,
1: speed is, is yeah. way more key. You can there are builds where you can just hammer the fuck out of people, and you only need to hit them three times and they'll die. But most of the builds I see are, yeah, speed and agility is way more useful.
0: Yeah, it was once as a community. Once the cert like the minimum skill floor reaches the point where like everyone is really good at dodging and shit like that, yeah. the slower builds just they. It's not that they're unplayable. They just now naturally have a disadvantage against how everyone else plays. Yeah, and
1: you've got to be that much better to make them work.
0: So, like, a very good slow player can still kick the shit out of a crappy fast player. But, like, if you take equal skill and it's like, well, one guy is just really good at dodging, you're going to have a
1: hard time hitting them. No, so I I don't enjoy PvP that much anyway, so I don't like fuck with it very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is crazy in Dark Souls, how much etiquette there is that no one teaches you about? You're just gonna have to figure it out. But like, there's like legit etiquette. And I mean, you, don't, you can't like be banned from a server, but people really look down on you if you don't follow etiquette. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you spawn in, I mean, if you invade, it's a little different. But like, if, I, if I'm spawning in to fight, it's one v one. Sit down. Don't help. It's uh you have to you have to give uh I I I have to give you time to do all your buffs. You yep. give me time to do all my buffs. Um, yeah they're no, they're
0: effectively formal duels,
1: yeah, no cheap spamming realistically, you're not supposed to start until everyone until you've bowed that's mm-hmm. kind of it's you always bow, you do your buffs and then you like waggle your shield and that's how you know we're good to go yep and if you don't do all that if you just attack, you're a maidenless trash person yeah and everyone hates you
0: what it is there was there's all kinds of stuff like that 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 again it's just an example of like um. Emergent gameplay where that stuff happens because yeah. they don't have a formal duel system. Yeah. So if you like, if you want to just take it and compare it to something that does, you look at like World of Warcraft, where you can just duel people. Like you and I, if, even if we were on the same, we're both Alliance, we're just questing together. If We just want to fight each other. Yeah. All I do is go challenge to duel, and you accept, and then there's a countdown, and then once the countdown is done, now it's gone. now we're fighting, and yeah. now anything goes once we're flagged for PvP. Yep. And that's just kind of like there, there's no need for. All the, the etiquette necessarily, although there's still some, but like there's no need for that because the game you have does a countdown it for you. Yeah, you have the countdown. Yeah. And we like, don't have that. When and is if you're duel... not ready, you go deny duel. Like, when does
1: the duel officially start? And yeah. It's like there's rules in Dark Souls and the Dark Souls community for that.
0: Yep. So I used to love PvP and WoW during Burning Crusade. I was definitely not what I would consider good as far as like good gamers, good, but I was. Right at like the top of the middle.
1: Yeah, you were definitely uh, upper middle. You're
0: uh, yeah, where I could just I could smoke almost anybody. Yeah, one one in, like in a duel with my rogue, unless they were like actually good. So basically a pub stomper of yep. that where it's just like and we used to do that we'd we'd roll around like I'd power level my friends and whatnot and I'd just have them like I'd be max level and I would just have them be flagged for PvP and. If you're flagged for PvP and wow and someone attacks you, now they're flagged for PvP. Uh-huh. So I'd have my like level 40 friend rolling around and I'd just be stealth as uh rogue so like nobody could see me and it'd just be like the level 40 helpless little priest. Oh no, what am I going to And then as soon as they hit it,
1: it's just like stun lock, beat him to death. Yep. <laughs> stun lock, and it's just like it, it, well, I mean, you did a bad thing. Yep. You found an innocent, helpless <laughs> rabbit on the road and you thought you'd kill yep. it for a free meal. Yep.
0: Turns out he's got a buddy. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I used It's called to... Hustling, Matt. Yep. Oh, it's great. <laughs> well, the, one of the cool things they do in WoW is there's a lot of dungeons that are in contested areas. So uh-huh. we'd like run uh, Scarlet Monastery. So like the way the game worked back in the day, and it still does this to some degree, I'm sure. But there'd be like dungeons you could run. And most of the dungeons in the low levels would be in areas that were Dedicated Alliance or Dedicated Horde. Well, there was one, I believe, it was Scarlet Monastery that was in a Horde zone But, like, you were supposed to run it as an alliance. It was basically the game going, hey, you should engage in PvP. Yeah. Like, we're going to at least make you go to this zone. Make you try it. Right. And so we'd hang out in front of Scarlet Monastery because Scarlet Monastery had, like, three or four different dungeons. It was a big place. And there was, like, a hub where you'd hang out and then you could go enter the different uh, wings of the Uh monastery to do different dungeons. And that's where we'd hang out. Because it was a great place to power level people. It had tons of good, like low to medium level gear, so it was a good place to like take people and like get them kitted out. And we just hang out there like all the time. We're just like, oh no, I'm a helpless priest looking for a party for Scarlet Monastery. (laughs) Slash, 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 slash.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. So, fucking trolling people. Yeah. Before it was cool. Don't pick fights. That's true. I mean, (laughs) this is that is a great example. Like you and I never would have met. In that, because I would have never been like, I'm going to go fuck his day up. Yep. Because when I'm playing games online, I'm absolutely of the opinion where it's like, I want to help everyone's day go a little bit better. I see so many clips from people playing Warzone. And like, so the whole point of Warzone is go in, find gear, find money, complete contracts, whatever, get new skins, Mm -hmm. and exfil. Nothing counts until you get on a chopper and fly out. Yep. And I see so many clips of people that like, a squad of three? We'll be in the chopper getting ready to fly up. Somebody will run up, shoot all three of them, kill them, take none of their gear, get out of the chopper, and leave. Yep. He didn't need the chopper. Nope. He just He's didn't just... want them to get out. <laughs> hey, guys. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> you Not x ex... past hour of work you just put in? Yeah. Yep, you're dead. Not expelling on my clock. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm the exact opposite, where I'm like, I would if I were to stumble across, I'd help him. What are you guys working on? I can help. I got time. Yeah. Let's fuck around and get this done. I am... I'm in the middle. Well, like said,
0: I like to bait the hook. Yeah. And like as long as a couple
1: bites. (laughs) Yeah. You would be the person like sitting up in a fucking crow's house with a fifty cow and having your friend just kinda like walking along. Yep. So as soon as someone's like, I'm gonna gank this loser, (laughs) pop, pop. Yep, no, you're not. (laughs) Whereas me, I would not get popped because I wouldn't go gank a loser. Because
0: that's the thing, is like I will absolutely bait my level forty friend. But I would never be the person to attack the level 40. Uh-huh. I never, Like, yeah. if he's just chilling, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: like I don't need to. I don't, no, I'm not here to pick on people. My day doesn't get better by making his worse. What I
0: do is I go, hey, here's somebody who, the people who like to pick on lower level people, yeah. here's somebody you could pick on. Yep. And it's like, oh, here's somebody you probably the, shouldn't have.
1: You're could- the guy who, like, at Walmart waits for people to not put their cart away yep and goes and harasses them what are them. you doing yep
0: <laughs> although the funny thing is i hate those people oh yeah. so much like it's like like when i was watching tiktok they'd pop
1: up on tiktok all the time yeah, i'm I... like
0: at some point somebody's gonna shoot this guy oh shit
1: i mean <laughs> like... what's that is possible what's more likely is some dude's gonna punch you in the mouth right and then drive away
0: because like i mean It's one thing if he somebody was like, Hey, you should put your cart away. But like he's throwing like magnets and stuff on people's cars. Yeah. Like if you touch my vehicle, (laughs) yeah. That's crossing a line.
1: Yeah, I paid a lot yeah, I paid a lot of money for this truck. Don't fucking touch my shit. (laughs) So (laughs) But also, put your cart away. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's the the shopping cart test basically is Uh whether or not if you pass that, whether or not you're a
1: a good person. A good person. Like a moral person or whatever. If you're willing to do extra work for no gain.
0: And I try to be I try to, like everything, game the rules a little bit, and I always park right beside the
1: oh, yeah, absolutely. cart return, because I know for a fact I'm going to uh-huh. return my cart, because I'm not a yep. piece of shit. I usually park a little farther out, Yep, and there's usually spots right by the cart return, so I just yep. park next to it. And you also
0: cut like the chance that somebody's going to park beside you down by 50%, and if you do it right, you go, you want to get it so like, you're exposed side would be facing their passenger door because then they're less likely every every car has a driver yep not every car has a passenger passenger. so like, i've thought about where i park way too much so you're min maxing a little more than i
1: do (laughs)
0: yep i do that's how i handle shit i just because they're to me i look at it like this in almost every situation there is a correct play that's true I want to know what it is. There
1: is a most correct choice. There's, there's a most
0: correct, like, there's a place you should park. And especially um, one of the things this really drilled into me working at FedEx is I always park for my exit, not necessarily my entrance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always like pull in, or if I'm in my pickup and there's no like pull through parking, I back in. Yeah. So that it's easier for me to leave, even if it takes me an additional second or two. It's also safer to in a truck to uh, back in than it I is pull in. I have low
1: time preference.
0: Yeah. So. I always think about that kind of
1: crap. Quit waggling your dick.
0: Not. It's more of a. not saying it's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> it's just the way my brain works. Because
1: it is who you are.
0: It is who I am, and I've stopped trying to deny that a long time ago. So, anywho, now that our short intro's done.
1: Yeah, now that our short intro's done. Let's get a quick shout-out to our patrons. Um, This it is does... going to be our final shout-out this year.
0: Yes. So, uh,
1: we are going to be taking the next two weeks off. Matt and I are going to take some rest and relaxation time. Uh, as owners of the company, we do get two weeks of PTO a year. Yeah. Uh, that's not counting sick days. We do get sick days as well. Definitely not paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Patreon's still running, so yeah. <laughs> be warned if you want to pause your Patreon. We're not going to put an episode up for the last couple weeks of the year. We're basically going to take the time. Um, we're going to take some family time. Matt with his wife, me with my wife, see my mom, spend her time with our dogs. Enjoy the holidays.
0: Well, and that's, that's one of the things that uh, we've mentioned in passing before, but like, Jake and I didn't really get holidays off working at FedEx. Not so really. So, like, we got Thanksgiving Day and we yes. got Christmas Day.
1: We would get some days. And if I have, if it fell on a day that I was already off, I got nothing. Yeah. So, like, if Christmas was on a Sunday and I didn't work Sundays, I got no Christmas off this year. I right. didn't get a day. Yep. Whereas, like, our new company... If the day off is a day that you already have off, they bump you to the next one. Yeah. So like, or if the I,
0: previous one, depending on if yeah, it's Saturday. Like I don't Sunday, work yeah.
1: Sunday. If Christmas is on a Sunday, I get Monday off instead. Yep. So we get um, four
0: days off, which is, I mean, strictly speaking, over peak, almost as many days off as we would have total if this was if we were still at FedEx. Oh yeah, no, that's because it's six days. That's a week almost mandatory. a year's worth
1: of holidays. Is getting yeah. a four day break for Christmas.
0: So gonna actually take advantage of it and that's one of the things i've been trying to do is like actually go see my family and whatnot because it's one thing to be like oh man i really wish i had holidays off but if all you're doing is sitting in your basement playing video games then it's like yeah it's nice to not go to work yeah but like i feel like Like, now that i have the time off i need to go and do like do stuff around the house
1: or go see your family you know like i'm taking i'm not even going to the card shop so i go to the card shop every monday for pioneer i've told them um I'm not going the next two weeks. I'll still support it. I'll still, um, Cantor Cartel will still put our money in if people show up and play. It's been pretty quiet lately anyway. But I'm not going to go. I'm taking two weeks off of basically everything from the podcast, from whatever, Cantor, or from uh, Pioneer Nights at the Sages Shop and just relaxing a little. Spend time with Sarah. Um, start doing stuff. Uh, Sarah's Christmas gift. I finally decided to let her get chickens. She's been asking for chickens. We moved into this house about 2 years ago and for 2 years she's been asking for chickens.
0: Yep, and it's a definitely a chicken appropriate location. Yes,
1: yeah, we're on the country. I, most of our neighbors have free-range chickens. Yeah. They just run. So we it's definitely a fine area for it. I finally caved in and said she could get them. Actually, it's a Christmas gift. I ordered her some australorp chickens that are going to be here in march so whatever she's super excited about that so we'll probably spend some time we got some shopping to do we got shit to buy i got a coop to build yep (laughs) i I bought her chickens for christmas and bought myself a chore list
0: yep that's that's one of the things i was going to mention and you kind of touched on it a little bit there unrelated to the chickens as in like basically all of the money from our patreon goes right into either creating content or Paying for like tournaments and stuff yep. that we sponsor, so like we don't keep any of it. Yeah, for none of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have I have bought some so software. Like, some of the money for sure has gone into, like I bought some software for this kind of stuff. We bought a little bit of equipment here and there. It, yep. It either yeah, it either goes into the podcast or we use it to basically create more magic in the world um, to help support our local our local game shop and help keep an event running.
0: Yep. And that's not to say that will never happen. That's not like a guarantee or oh, anything yeah, like that. Know. But it's just one of those things that like. Basically, everything, everything anyone's paid into, this goes right out the door to like sponsoring Monday Night Magic or software or anything like that. Microphones.
1: Yeah, I I have not bought a single Magic card with the Patreon budget (laughs) yet. I promise. (laughs) So and there's still a long, like there's still a huge list of stuff. I I mean, honestly, I love doing Monday Magic. I would love it. This is gonna sound bad to say. I love it if I didn't because there's a lot of things I'd love to buy for the podcast that I. I'm having a hard time setting money aside for that when I'm channeling money into Monday Night Magic, but it makes people happy. That's yeah. that's, that's that's the whole point yeah. of it.
0: Fundamentally, gets people playing magic. And that's that's our goal. That's the goal.
1: But I let yep. I should give a shout out to all of our patrons. Uh, every week, we always shout them out. If you want to become a patron, hit us up at uh, Patreon.com forward slash Cartel. We've been blowing up lately. We have another new patron this week, uh, which I'm super excited to introduce. Named Rob M hopped into the Discord recently. Uh, Super cool. Thank you for joining. Uh, joins the amazing crew of Emperor, who puts our stuff on Reddit every week. Huge thank you. Uh, Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, MonoWolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, and lastly, Rob M., who I said already. Mm-hmm. So that, that list is getting pretty long. Thank you guys for joining in. We've, we've seen a lot of, basically, Christmas, I think a lot of Christmas gifts have been Uh, people joining our Patreon, so we super love seeing it in the event anyone that i just named i've been naming every week if you aren't on the discord and you want to be um, i should have sent you an email when you joined i don't send emails every week because i don't want to bug you guys if you want to get on the discord and you're not please email us please let me know it takes 10 seconds to get you guys in. Everyone who's a part of the Discord or a part of the Patreon, I want you to be. I want you to At have, least the option, have access. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Have access to the private Discord that's just for us. So, in the event that you didn't get in or the invite didn't work or you got kicked out, please let me know. Like if, if the system, ca- I didn't kick anybody, the system kicked yeah. you out. Please let me know. I want to get you back in. But, like I said, if anyone else wants to join that growing list and have a really cool active Discord to be a part of and talk about. Um, I think we're still going. We went through. Now we're going through favorite flavor texts, and uh, I have absolutely found maybe my new flavor text fa- flavor text art combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to pull it up. on will tell what you guys later. The, that white. <laughs> yeah, it's one. the white card where it's yeah. like they must pay with head, pay with their heads, and it yeah. absolutely got cropped. To see some poor dude blowing the clergyman. It looks like that. It's, it's
2: amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like right now we've been going through like favorite lands, we've been going through favorite uh, arts and flavor texts and all kinds of fun stuff. So yep. hop in there. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great way to just, you know, talk to Matt and I, you know, very Correctly. immediately personally, if you want to ask us anything. Uh, clergy and Vec. Make sure and look up that with the art. It's amazing. But Matt, that's all I've got. So. How's Legacy looking? Uh,
0: this weekend was Eternal Weekend. Uh, we're going to discuss it probably just like every other Legacy podcast because it's probably the biggest news of the year
1: yeah. so for Legacy. It's the one time a year that every other podcast does what we do, yeah. which is use data-oriented thinking to, anal- to ma- an- analyze the metagame. Yeah. So hopefully, you know,
0: hopefully the people in charge are able to draw some conclusions after this weekend. Um, the One of the things this ponder that they... Uh, the Eternal Weekend 2022 Legacy Ponder is gorgeous. That card's, like, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there's only going to be 24 of them. There's currently 24 of them. Yeah. I was joking around with Jake. I was like, yeah, there's 24 of them until there's a secret layer.
1: Yeah. Which so, is super likely. Yeah. But it is pretty. They are, they are very beautiful. Yeah, they're, obviously, the card looks fantastic. They're probably the new, like, El Primo Primo, obviously, Ponder. That's yeah. The idea of having a playset of those is, you know, pretty crazy. you yep. be, you'd have one of six play sets.
0: So our our top eight is... There's not going to be a ton of decks to talk about. Let's just put that out there. Uh, But we are going to discuss the the paper Eternal Weekend. I think it said there were 407 entries. Uh, If I was reading that article right, um, I could be wrong there. Yes. 407.
1: MTG Goldfish has it at 407.
0: Yeah. So a lot of decks to go through. So we've got a decent chunk of data. Uh, uh, Obviously... MTG Goldfish is doing its thing where decks are kind of misnamed and whatnot, so take all this with a little grain of salt.
1: It also got recorded. Uh, do you still have that... Do you still have the article? So we have the, yeah, the I've list. got it
0: pulled up. I've got the actual full top eight. Okay. Like, the place of them. The
1: order of them, because they got, once again, the MTG Goldfish, which makes you think it's MTG Goldfish's fault, not uh, uh, Daybreak Games. Yeah, because this isn't Daybreak this is, Games. This is not Daybreak Games, and this is still completely out of order.
0: Yeah. So... The winner, who I'm about to butcher their last name, is J. Wadsichowski. That sounds that's good the to me. best I can do. So if you're listening, I'm sorry, but going <laughs> forward, you're going to be J.W. J.W., yeah. <laughs> Uh, He brought it home with Blue Red Delver. I don't think anybody should be surprised by that uh, at this point. And again, that's how I'm reading this list. They've got the the deck listed as placing first place in the top eight. So yes, um, and that well on that's the uh, Goldfish article
1: is that's how the article has it. That's how yeah. the
0: article has it. It's not the it's not the the top eight from the website.
1: Yeah, because the website doesn't <clears> even <throat> show. I don't think the website shows final eight result. No, it just, it, just shows, it shows his record eight one and one, which I think is just his Swiss record.
0: Yeah. So going through blue red delver, we've there's not a ton to say. There is a little bit of innovation, which uh, doesn't surprise me, but it is kind of interesting. And uh, kind of makes sense. He's got one Fury in the main board, and then two Brazen Borrowers. Which uh, the Brazen Borrower makes sense to me again a little bit because it's just that good tempo play, like bouncing their. Because um, the other, the elephant in the room, the white elephant in the room, so to speak, is Mono White Stompy yep. is all over the place. Um, so bouncing their four drops to swing in and either not only set them back but to take initiative. Oh, like yeah. All kinds of shenanigans with Brazen Borrower and then Fury being able to deal Clean. with, yeah, like, being able to hit them and still advance your gameplay is huge. Yeah. Like, you're, so, uh, and especially to be able to do it immediately, like, yep. very you, early on, being able do it, to answer in turn as, one or turn two.
1: As early as turn one, you yeah. can do it for free. I mean, you're, you're force of willing yourself. it, You could have the option of, you know, you could force of will the spell or you could fury the spell.
0: Yeah. But, well, and then a lot of, I mean, force will be better because an initiative's not in the game at all.
1: Yeah. That's but true. like,
0: there isn't any more force of wills because force negation doesn't hit creatures. Yep. So you basically got your force of wills and your dazes, and then if you want to deal with these things without paying mana, you're going to need something like fury or solitude. Yeah. Obviously, solitude's not going to cut it. Um, the one downside, though, is you don't have a ton of red spells.
1: So, no, but it I mean, lets you've you... got
0: enough but you yeah. don't have a ton.
1: It lets you probably be turning though. It, it it turns a bolt or a heat yeah. into a into an into ineffectual kill spell. Yeah.
0: Cuz you I mean not that you wouldn't want to do it in the the right situation, but like pitching a expressive iteration would just feel Ugh, horrible. It feels like terrible. You're two for one I mean, in yourself and losing an expressive iteration. Yeah, I mean, and they've
1: created an initiative already. You are you know, you're probably looking at a situation where you're going to lose expressive iteration. Does pitch to it? There's plenty of times I've pitched my last brainstorm to a force. of will because mm-hmm. like I it's this or lose. Yeah, absolutely. But it's um definitely not a feel good. No,
0: that's kind of your last option. Uh, sideboard. Uh, there's nothing new in the sideboard. There is one thing I want to talk about with the Unchained Berserker. There's a little bit of discussion on Reddit about it versus uh, Blood Knight. Blood Knight's a 2-2 two, two for 2-red two um, that you can pay, I want to say it's got. It, you can pump it. I, can't, yeah, I think it's one. It's got one, Fire Breathing. It's got Fire Breathing. Um, and it's got First Strike. And there was a little bit of discussion whether or not people should be running Blood Knight or Unchained Berserker. And the one of the things people are wondering is whether or not White Stompy is going to adjust to the Unchained Berserker by running Gutshot, because it's a since it has yeah. Pro White, they can't get rid of it with Solitude Swords or Path or anything like that. But Gutshot's free. But Gutshot's free. The two life reproof. Free-
1: well, I mean, my my initial thought there also was it doesn't matter, but at some point it's got to start mattering. Right. That that deck bleeds itself quick.
0: Right. Well, but and it's you're paying. It matters. It sucks that you're losing the life, but this guy's going to cost you more than two life anyways. Yeah, that's true. So, like, you just go, well, I if I don't kill him, I'm going to lose three life every turn, or I can lose two life twice, or two life once. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see if going forward, if there'll be any, like, if we're going to have a little bit of a situation where we start running Gutshot, then we start running Blood Knight, and you get into one of those situations where, like, who's,
1: like... Yeah, where, where do we go from there? Because, I mean, I, like, Blood Knight is exceptionally worse. I than, agree. I mean, it, it, obviously, its it stats are better. But, like, red-red is exceptionally harder to cast than the colorless red. Yep. So, that's a huge cost. But, obviously, if Gutshot becomes a mainstay in this, one of the most, more prevalent decks in Legacy, then it's a, it seems like a pretty pretty immediate switch to make.
2: Yeah.
0: It's at least the, it's like the surface-level thinking of, like, okay, well, we're doing this. Well, how do we counter, counter yep. that? And then you get into that, you know, mental chess game of, like, yeah. well, now do I run Blood Knight or Berserker? Because... If they're expecting me to run Blood Knight, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden Berserker becomes better because they've cut their gut shots. Yep. That kind of thing. Yeah. So it might we're come kind out of turn... back into like a stifle situation where
1: it might come out a turn later, but if it sticks to gut shots in their hand and makes them useless, that's huge.
0: Yeah. So but that's about the only real innovation there is on this. I mean, there's not not much has changed and we talked about like the price of progress and the unchained berserker last week. So not really a whole lot going on with blue red delver it's still in my opinion probably the best deck in the format although the win rate is um might have something to say about that the uh so one of the things i did want to bring up and since we're talking about it right now so uh just from this article uh the blue red delver non mirror win rate was 50.29%
1: that's really low
0: um and i'm that's... sure there's some reasons for that like you got 400 people. By the time you get down to 400 people playing the most popular deck, you're going to have some scrubs in there. Yeah. Like, the tournament's just big enough that oh, you're going to have... And it is it is by far, if I remember correctly, it was the most popular individual deck. Um, The white stompy deck has a 65.23 non-mirror Jesus win rate.
1: Christ. I swear to fucking God, if they come in and ban a card out of that deck because it had an, a, a good Eternal Weekend, I'm going to tear my hair out.
0: Right. So, now the... Here's the deal. If that is sustained, like then it's violating every fucking bannable rule. Yeah. But it's it one is. tournament. And again, we've you know, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Like you we, we don't base these ban results oh, off yeah. one tournament. But like
1: they better not.
0: That's a pretty ridiculous win rate. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I think but if you look back, I think last year at Eternal Weekend, it was all online. I think Green White Depths had a sixty percent ish win yeah, rate. It happens. Like it's it's yeah. just one of the things, now, weird things mono, about Magic. I think this Mono White snobby deck has a lot higher play rates yeah. than uh, we saw Green White Depths last year, but yeah, Green White Depths regularly at tournaments was uh, showing an, an incredibly bandable win rate. It just wasn't played highly enough, and it didn't do well enough in tournaments to kind of warrant it.
0: Yeah. So, again, I'm not calling for anything in particular, but there's... Like we, like I talked about two weeks ago, there's already people that are. Oh yeah, and that number, that well, number is going to continue to grow if it puts up results like that.
1: Um, I think it was whiskey was talking about in the Discord. He was joking about I think putting that deck together, and he was looking for some fun basics for it. And then he was like, "Yeah, was it, might it, it might just eat a band. It might just eat a ban. He's I don't know if it was if it was whiskey or emperor. I believe it was whiskey was talking about that, but he's worried about it getting a band hammer.
0: Yeah, and it's. It drives me nuts that, like, so. I know we've talked about Blue-Red Delver a ton, but it's clearly a problem. Yes. Like, at this point, I don't think there's anybody left on the "Eh, Delver's Fine kind of train. Yeah. Now there's... Nobody nobody
1: worth listening to. Right. Yeah, they're wrong,
0: clearly. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, the amount of people that from week one, when this showed up, when this deck showed up, that just immediately started crying about bands. Yeah. It's just like, guys, it's been one week. Now it's, it's de- been a couple
1: weeks. It's definitely a problem with magic in general and definitely legacy is everyone is just so like, don't touch my Cheerios in any way that like, as soon as anything new comes up, it's like, ban it, just ban it, just get it. Right. Out. We've become so ban happy as a, or like collective,
0: like pioneer. I think, uh, if I was look, I don't remember which challenge it was or whatever, but had like, Two or four, like, uh red-black mid-range that yep. did well. And it's just like, I, I I just popped open the thread and started reading it. It was just about, oh, when are we going to ban this, that, and this? And it's just like, good
1: lord. Yeah, we have become so accustomed to just whatever deck eating a ban immediately. Yeah, We had a really rough year, year and a half there in Standard. Which is, you know, standard is probably one of the biggest ways people interact with magic. Yeah. Um. But it also got, it was also seen in Legacy and Modern, especially where, you know, a lot of the companions got banned. Oko got banned. Uro got banned. We saw so many bans happen. We just immediately become accustomed to, oh, this is bullshit. And then it gets banned. Right. And so now everyone's like, this could be bullshit. I don't like it. Just ban it.
0: Right. So, anywho, again, I don't want to do a ton of. You know, another ban conversation kind of thing, but like it's already happening. So I, I think... would basically just, if you feel like you're going to buy into this deck again, yeah. be cautious about it. Because I like... guess,
1: but I just, I can't imagine. I mean, we'll see, but I, I, I would be incredibly surprised if this sees a ban, we better see like th- two or three more cards get banned out of different decks. Like if if we're gonna touch legacy and ban a card out of Mono White Stompy, I we better see two cards get banned out of Delver and maybe something else get banned.
0: Right. The see my thinking has gotten to the point where like as far as legacy goes, because I don't want to overstate this, watsy's clearly not thinking rationally. Mm-mm. So I like agree with that. I don't put anything past him at this point. It would not surprise me at all yeah. if Tuesday rolls around and they're like, Yeah, get rid of that season, blah 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 guy, whatever. And then we just go right back to Blue-Red Delver being the best deck in the format. Yeah. Because they've least... already... I mean, look at what they've said. They've already said that this is fine. They yeah, Watsy doesn't see a problem with Delver, so...
1: They like what's happening. Yeah. Or they're at least indifferent.
0: Yeah, which I think is a lot of it, where it's just like, yeah, we don't... And I think a lot of it's just the fact of the matter is they don't want to ban cards because at some point it looks bad when they keep having to ban broken cards. Oh, it absolutely cards. does.
1: It's, banning a card is an admission of failure. Yep, absolutely. This card, we we failed in testing this card and balancing it. That's absolutely what a ban is. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. sometimes sometimes you fuck up and you fail and you need to. But like that's that's WotC doesn't admit their mistakes very often. But when they ban a card, yeah. well, when they certainly don't admit them overtly.
0: Well, they don't admit them quickly.
1: So oh, like, I see what you're they'll yeah. go and
0: be like you know, three years ago, we really messed up this one set and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's just like, yeah. But meanwhile, if you go back, so a good example of this is something like, uh,
1: not Com- the newest oh, Zendikar. B- companions.
0: Well, like the, the, which, the second Zendikar block.
1: Zendikar Rising?
0: Whatever it was. Like the whole block. I, I don't oh, remember. Geez. But um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head and sure. everybody's going to comment about it. But who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like, at the time, because, again, these people are just a bunch of corporate shills. I don't mean that, like, sarcastically
1: or as a dig. That's what their job is. They yeah. shill for this mega. I mean, corp. you were look, looking at someone who's, like, on Watsy's Twitter team. Right. That's All they're doing fucking is job. talking about
0: how great this Zendikar set is. And then they, you know, flash forward two years later, and Morrow's talking about how it was a huge failure. Yeah. And there was a ton of mistakes and blah, 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 blah. It's just like, they it's will like, eventually admit to
1: yeah. it. After they've already sold all their shit. It's like when, when someone's like, wh- I mean, whoever whoever's president, and it's like the White House uh, speaker, secretary, the secretary of the White whatever mm-hmm. it is. The person whose job is to talk to the press every day. Yeah, press secretary. Like, oh my gosh, can you believe they said this? I'm like, yeah, because it's their fucking job. Right. Does it? left right and center that's their fucking job is to get up and just spin it well you are the mouthpiece for the administration and that's exactly who these people are their job is to spin it well yep whatever happens either don't talk about it or make it sound good yep that's their whole job notice they're
0: not doing a whole lot of talking about the magic anniversary thing yep haven't heard (laughs) just uh, like well there's
1: no way for us to spend this anymore so we're just gonna shut up about it (laughs) it's funny how they were very happy to throw in our face the numbers of let's say the walking dead secret lair one of the most best-selling secret lairs ever and how tons of people bought it just as collectibles not much has gotten thrown in our faces about this how uh, successful
0: thousand dollar proxies are yeah Interesting. interesting
1: all right Moving on. I feel like our fans are going to get that six-hour episode they wanted.
0: (laughs) Might as well. What else do we got to do tonight? (laughs)
1: We're we're not going to record the next two weeks. We're just going to mush it all into this one. right?
0: Um, So next up, I do kind of want to do these in uh, (coughs) order. It is a big tournament, and I do have it in front of me. Oh, yeah, uh, I do.
1: Any week that we could do them in reasonable order, I think we should. Yeah,
0: so we've got four-color control in second place. Um, We do have some (laughs) – I hesitate to call it new tech, but – Guys, running Snapcaster Mage.
1: <laughs> when Ew. was the last time we saw Snapcaster? Don't Mage? call it new tech. <laughs> Snapcaster down to twenty bucks a piece. I should get my last yep. two. That's how new that tech is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Snapcaster's kinda Snapcaster is kind of Snapcaster
1: has been $30, thirty, thirty-five for a long time. Yeah,
0: I mean, I got mine when I got mine. It was con- around Cons of Tarkir, and I paid like thirty bucks for mine.
1: Yeah, they've just been, but I just don't see a ton of playing anymore. No one plays Snapcaster, and it's still twenty dollars.
0: Yeah, that that's because that card is just like it's always one card away from just being broken yeah it's true because it's just like it still does the exact same thing it did now it's not quite as powerful because a 2-1 doesn't go quite as far as it used to yeah but the fact of the matter is it still flashes back any anything in your graveyard at yeah. instant
1: speed like yep. it's a fantastic card It still it basically draws a card yeah so
0: uh going over the list we got two snapcaster mage two endurance duh <laughs> Uh, couple, uh, three Uros, two Minskin Boos, the typical cantrips, Brainstorm Ponder, Prismatic Ending Swords, like all the stuff we've seen from these four-color control decks.
1: Yeah, this looks pretty standard. For... Yeah, the
0: Snapcaster Mage is about the only thing that's atypical.
1: I think the min- this min- this is basically the Minskin Boo list, Honorog that I noticed Honorog putting up numbers with a month or two ago.
0: Yeah, and not much has changed. No. Um, it, at least that makes sense.
1: Like, going into a big tournament like this, in my opinion, like, Everyone innovated, I'm sure, but what you're going to see rising to the top is the tried and true. Unless you come out with a complete meta breaker, which yeah. happens sometimes. What you're going to see rise to the top is the tried and true, the known quantities, the the what the decks that we know are reliable and consistent and strong, and something like this, where you might see a little bit of play here and there, but you know, in the top eight, we don't see any, you know, like Boros Stompy that just swept the field out of nowhere. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say, they're, depending on how you define a deck coming out of nowhere, White Stompy is about as White Stompy close is a, to yes. it as you can get.
1: It kind of it hit the market, what, three weeks ago? Less than a month, I think,
0: Yeah, basically.
1: Like that, absolutely. And we've got two of them in this top eight. That is a great example of a deck that if that had just... In a world where we didn't live on the internet, let's say 15 years ago, if, it, if this exact same thing happened mm-hmm. 15 years, that deck would have been a, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: basically, a pro team would have... Uh, Somebody would have eventually yes. come up with that, gone to a major tournament, and, and just, just cleaned, cleaned
1: house. Yeah, they had to clean the fuck up. You know yeah. what I mean, I mean, could you imagine how many Delver people, Dover players, would have just lost their asses to like opening up on planes, pass, and they're like, "Oh, I'm playing a set of taxes." Yeah. and format their their next turn around that, and then be like, "Oh yeah, ancient tomb, uh, pedal." fucking buy three with initiative with initiative (laughs) good luck
0: your basic next turn which fights your wasteland get your basic next turn like it's like well you either have bolton force or you're screwed yeah like
1: that's a great example of a deck that if we didn't live on the internet if we didn't have challenge results every week that would have just appeared at eternal weekend in a top eight and everyone would be like what the fuck just happened
0: yep so looking at the sideboard uh most of this stuff is pretty standard about the only thing we don't see a ton of is brother's end which makes a lot of sense given those white decks. A lot of those creatures have three toughness. Yep. We talked about that a little bit last
1: week. What's Brother's End do again?
0: Uh, Brother's End is uh, a three-mana sorcery for two red and a colorless. Choose one, deals three damage to each creature and each planeswalker, or destroy all artifacts, mana value three or less. Nice. So, really
1: good. It's a way better anger the gods.
0: Yeah, like, especially in Legacy, what anger of the gods kills the graveyard almost never matters. Like exiling those creatures yeah. is rare. I'm not going to say never because it's legacy yeah, but, and magic, but it's yeah. rarely as good as the, I mean the, especially the not only hitting planeswalkers, but the other option of being able to mana wipe artifacts that can yes. not only a hit those mono white stompy decks a lot who go deep into man of rocks and uh chalice and whatnot, it can. but then you got like eight cast and all kinds That's of what stuff. I was thinking like, it's like, just like that thing, like, that card is probably a beating against Mono White Stompy and has plenty of utility for the rest of the field. Yes. So, good card. Uh, then an Endurance, which duh, and Terminus, which Terminus makes a lot of sense to me in this kind of meta. Like, there's also one in the main where there's was, just a ton of creatures being committed to the board.
1: I was thinking about that yesterday. So, I um, I recently sold a couple of my duels. Um, we've talked about it in the podcast. Uh, I sold them to a friend of mine at the card shop. I was very open with him when I sold them, That the reason why I was selling them with the degradation of the reserve list uh, motto on top of uh, how little I play Legacy, on top of money's getting tight. I sold some of my duels, and I basically locked back into pretty strictly blue-white control. And uh, it, I was driving home, and I was like, I bet Terminus is in a better place than anyone's giving it credit right now. Legacy is just so gosh darn creature heavy.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: like every, I shouldn't say every deck, but almost every deck nowadays is winning in the red zone.
0: Well, I mean, if we want to, just spoil the top eight real quick just to further this discussion we've got blue red four color control we got cephalid breakfast which is
1: that's a combo it's combo but it's creature combo it is a
0: creature combo but like most of the time your terminus is not going to be your angle of attack there yeah um then delver stompy stompy depths and stompy yeah so like all those commit creatures to the board.
1: Yeah, like I'm not saying Blue White Controls in a great spot because it probably isn't, but I think Terminus is in a better spot yeah. than people are giving credit for.
0: Yep, and I mean you know the evidence is right here. I yeah, mean, the guy that got second place, it's got two Terminuses in seventy-five. Yep. So next up, we have the Cephalid Breakfast deck, Brian Bell. Let's look at that. Cephalid Breakfast always makes me happy when it does well for one very specific reason. It was a deck I knew about and learned about before I like, a forever before I started actually playing Legacy. Like, just that combo of, like, Cephalid Illusionist and uh, the uh, Encore has been around for a really long time.
1: Just as a way to get infinite targets.
0: Yeah, to just mill yourself infinitely. And it's just, like, it was just one of those things, like, Thos' Oracle helped the deck, and I forget exactly how it used to win, but it's been a deck for a really long time. Yeah, that is a and very was, powerful
1: ability. Yeah,
0: and it was just one of those, it's just kind of one of those weird things that I have a weird sense of nostalgia for it even though I never played in Legacy when yeah. it was big it was just it's just kind of a weird like oh that it kind of like links two eras of magic for me when it's gotcha.
1: around so, so it's like you saw the combo you didn't see the deck yeah and the deck formed around it yep there's a really cool card in here that I haven't seen since uh, MH2 came out and I remember talking about how it was a powerful effect and I was wondering if I was going to try and abuse it step through yep the wizard cycling with wizard cycling yep now we talked about maybe seeing wizard cycling in blue red delver because you can get your delvers and I think it also gets DRCs. I think they're also wizards question mark uh shamans. Okay. So it just gets okay. So we 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 were talking about it just got delver, but at the time we didn't have we hadn't well, DRC Ragavan and Merktite had not been tried and true, and so the is it delver was still on the back of delver and we we're like, "Well, maybe having some more delvers in your deck is something worth paying 2 mana for." Turns out it wasn't um, by a lot, but it's kind of cool to see that guy card scene play. (laughs) It's getting a wizard in this is a lot better. Yeah, these wizards, uh, (laughs) this cephalid illusionist does a little more work than uh, Delver of Secrets. Than Delver of Secrets. Yeah.
0: And especially, again, it's at instant speed. And it's yes. not a spell, so it's a uncounterable. Un- effectively uncounterable yeah. instant speed tutor for your combo piece.
1: Listen, guys, every time I say uncounterable, yeah. and I know that there's a hundred people sitting home going, "Actually, you can stifle it." I know. Uh, let's work under the assumption that no one's playing stifle because one percent of people are playing stifle right now. If that, I don't play around stifle, and you don't either.
0: <laughs> not in this, <laughs> not in this regard. That's no. for sure. Um. So yeah, we talked about this before. Basically, you just need infinite targets to. Uh, Yep. Keep targeting Cephalid Cephalid Illusionist, mill yourself, get a Thassa's Oracle.
1: And you're going to do that with either uh, Nomad on Core, which has a zero mana target ability, and Shuko, which has another zero mana target ability. Correct. Um, I forget with Shuko, can you target the creature it's already on, or do you need two creatures to move? Does he have to move?
0: I'd have to look that up. My gut feeling is you wouldn't have to, because it just says attach to target creature you control. And at least, like, if I'm just going off the top of my head here... You this even if it was already attached, if that stopped it from resolving, you would still target it, and it would still trigger the ability. Okay. Um. The only downside is it is a sorcery, yeah, and you can't stack them, so you can't stack them, and it does give your opponent a chance to respond.
1: Yeah, that's something you need to do with. I mean, like obviously you just go for it, but that's a Teferi line. To yeah. Go. The nice thing about the Shukos is though, you got two Shukos and you've got three Stone Forges, yep. so you can easily tutor those bad boys up.
0: And you throw in the one culture complete just in case your combo's dead, and culture complete and with Stoneforge can still kick ass.
1: I, Urza Saga can also grab Shuko. So yeah. you actually have five, six tutors for Shukos. Yeah. So, you know, t- we always talk about critical mass with enablers. You're looking at, you've only got four, so you've got four Illusionists, except you technically have six because you've got step through. Yep. And then you've got, uh, what, three, six, seven, eight, nine ten, eleven enablers with the two Shuko and the, what, eight ways to, or the, the two Shuko, the six ways to get the Shukos, and the Nomad's Encore. Yep. You know, we, we, we always talk about how, like, eight's kind of your, your minimum. You can't really go, like... Not oh, to I
0: mention, ha- you still have four Brainstorm and four Ponder. Yes, you also have four Brainstorm
1: and <laughs> four Ponder. You can't just go, like, oh, I have a, you know, a, a B combo, four cards each. You're not going to get there often enough. You need closer to, like, six and ten, or eight and eight.
0: Yep, so... Uh, definitely the addition of all these kind of like uh, extra cards has kind of made the deck a lot more consistent.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I'm happy to see it. I will never, I will never get mad at somebody running this. So congratulations. Yeah, well
1: done. Uh, Way to take it to the finish.
0: Speaking of getting mad at people. <laughs> Another blue red Delver deck in fourth place. Uh, unless it's got something exciting. I mean, this is, this is l- more stock than the previous one. Is this the Murphy list? Uh, yeah Samantha Murphy uh the the 60 in the main is almost identical to what we've seen about the only i mean they have one force of negation in the main Ooh. um the only side stuff we've got uh true name nemesis we've got two true name coming in which again that 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 makes sense to me in a world of white stompy mm-hmm. uh not only blocks all of their dudes all day but can steal the initiative back very easily um and they're not going to be pressuring your mana in any way so like getting True Name Nemesis, casting it is not going to be terribly difficult. Yeah. Um, The rest of the stuff. Yeah, Our Brotherhood's
1: End. Yep. Uh, Yeah, nothing really interesting.
0: Yeah. So, not spending a ton of time on Delver, we now have three white stompy lists. So let's look for Robert Hayes. He got
1: fifth. No, it says you got second. (laughs) Right. MTG Goldfish put him second, so he got second.
0: So let's see what interesting stuff we've got here. So we've got a walking ballista. Do we have any way to combo off, or is that just extra value with all the extra mana? It looks like just a way to dump some mana, because you've got all the soul lands and whatnot. hmm So I don't see any any shenanigans in this list other than the typical, you know, I don't know if people are calling uh, initiative shenanigans <laughs> yet. It's getting pretty close as far as the public consensus goes. Yeah. It's gotta uh, be
1: strong enough that you start talking about, you know, shenanigans. I mean, I would definitely refer to abusing um monarch as shenanigans and you're abusing this pretty hard. Yep.
0: Um the seasoned dungeoneer is the one uh
1: whiskey was talking whiskey about. Whiskey
0: was talking about. Yep. Uh and the big thing there uh the reason at least from his uh, argument was that it it basically makes a creature unblockable so you can always get the initiative back.
1: Well, it and it explores. Yeah.
0: It yeah. does. But like that initiative where it's just like bonk take a thing yep. like I'm going to connect. That's big. Not to mention, I mean, the damage the deck wins through the red zone. Yeah. So like being able to just make your eventual seven five unblockable for the turn, like protection from creatures yep. is uh pretty big.
1: And so, there's plenty of games where like you're just gonna you're gonna crawl across the finish line, they've established their board, they've gotten something going, and it's like, Yeah, well, sorry. Yep. I'm gonna attack with these two creatures. Is it other or can it make itself unblockable? So is, is it just a one man army?
0: When it enters battlefield, you take the initiative. Whenever you attack, target attacking cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard. So itself. Jesus, it doesn't even yeah. have to attack
1: either. Yeah. So it's it's a pseudo combat trick where it's like, you know, your Delver player resolves two Merc Tides. They're ready to stop your five, six. And it's like, I'm going to cast this, go to combat, attack, unblockable, take five, yep. lose. Exactly. So it's a good Oof, card. That's a very good card.
0: Um, it's Just one of those things like, the funny thing is, I know this is legacy, and I'm not advocating for this at all. But to me, this doesn't, this deck and initiative doesn't highlight the strength of initiative. You know what it highlights? The strength of Ancient Tomb and City of Traders.
1: Yeah, the ability. If people
0: were actually paying four mana instead of effectively two.
1: Yeah. Then. I mean, that's that like people are getting beat to death. By four drops right because we're because you're casting four drops in legacy because you're not actually exactly like, no one fucking plays four drops in it's legacy all just as efficient as you can get yes where a three four is practically unkillable <laughs> i mean how often in legacy how many times have we looked at a spoiler or anyone you listen to you obviously listen to magic podcast you've heard a content creator look at a card and go well that would be great but it costs four yep and it's uncastable because that's just the rule of legacy is anything that costs more than. Th- I mean, three's almost uncastable, and four just doesn't count. Yep. And you're, what are you losing in this deck to? A bunch of fucking four drops. A ton of them. A bunch of three drops and four drops. Yep. And this, the fact
0: of the matter is, these three drops and four drops generate enough card advantage to overcome the card disadvantage of having all these, like, chrome boxes and mm-hmm. lotus petals and crap like that in your deck.
1: Touch the spirit realm. Yeah.
0: Where you're just like. You're going constantly going down on cards for one mana.
1: Constantly going down on cards for a little bit, of either some mana acceleration or a little bit of tempo.
0: Yep. So it's just kind of interesting to me that, like, yeah, and that's... I, I, uh, I even agree. Like to me, it's legacy. Legacy is where ancient tomb and city of traders oh, yeah, belong. Absolutely. I, we've made this argument before. I'm very firmly on the if there is a you know a problem you don't ban the old shit, you ban the new shit because you can play the new shit in any format. Yeah. Legacy is the the format of Ancient Tomb and City of Traitors and, you know, all these cards. Yeah. So I'm I'm not even saying that, but it's hilarious to me that, like, people are mad about it, four
1: drops in a mono white deck. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder what kind of a deck you... Like, if you kind of explored the space a little more and it's like, well, I'm just going to run mono four drops and I'm just going to force feed them down people's throats with Ancient Tomb and uh, City of Traitors, what can I make good?
0: Yep. The... One interesting pivot here, in my opinion, is we've moved on this deck swords to plowshares into the main and put the Chalice of the Voids into the side. I think that's an interesting choice. Um, Yeah,
1: usually you see those prison-y elements in the main. Yep. That way that you've got, I mean, no matter what, you're doing a bomb turn one, whether you're going, you know, three-drop White Plume Adventure or uh, Archon of Ameria, fuck you, or Chalice of the Void, fuck you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Am I... The thing that I'm curious about, because, like, Chalice is probably better... Uh, Resolved Chalice is probably better against Delver, but Swords to Plowshare is probably better against Mono White Stompy.
1: I don't know. Do you think? Because, like... A, a, I bet Archon of, a, I bet an Archon of a Mary is better than a Chalice against Delver on turn one.
0: I'm just comparing those two cards. That's fair. Like, because those are the cards that swapped. Apparently, that yeah, they you're agree right, with you're you. Right. Like, they they kept the Archon of Mary is in. They, they yeah, didn't you're really right. want them. So, like, we're looking at that swap, and you're going... Well, if I expect Mono White Stompy to be like everywhere, Mm -hmm. the Chalice of the Void, it does hit him because like if you Chalice for zero, but it also hits you. So like if you want to, like you don't, like Chalice of the Void isn't a card you necessarily want against the Mono White Stompy list because the only time it's effective is when it's also shutting you off your fast mana. Yep. Whereas Swords of Plowshares is good against Mono White Stompy and it's not quite as good as Chalice, but it's still very good against Blue Red Delver. Yep. So, like, the mono-white Stompy lists are already pivoting to counter the other mono-white Stompy lists. <laughs> yeah. So, I just thought that was kind of an interesting little pivot. And it makes sense to me. Like, again, if I'm missing something, feel free to chime in. You no, know, I agree entirely, listeners. Yeah. But that that's just kind of funny. When I looked at that, I was like, wait a second. Where's Chalice of the Void? <laughs> oh, well, it's not quite. A- and he still has four. So, he still very oh, yeah. much wants that uh, Chalice. To yep. be to be there against you know I mean, probably del- ran four against Delver yep and just swap out you know make your changes or whatever and pop yeah. in your chalices so next up we've got Chris McGuire and his white stop gonna brush
1: over the fact they're running two Aven mind sensor
0: oh I just kind
1: of we had two Aven mind yeah, sensor in the pop side. in to the top into a top eight
0: yeah I just kind of saw that and I was like eh that's cool to me yeah it it, it and it is and the f- yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, for whatever reason, that just didn't pop up. But, like, That's I fair. love that card. It makes... a Yep. It's... So, cards OP. Well, it's just... It's another example of a very well-designed card. Yeah. Like, it's it's very powerful. It costs three.
1: Yep. It's it's costed. It's, it's very weak.
0: Yep. It dies to everything.
1: But... And you don't play... it. But if it gets you, it gets you. Yes.
0: Well, and it, and it has to get you because you... You're cheating. You're... Well, you're holding up mana for it. So, like, if it doesn't get them, then you just—it's kind of like counterspell. Counterspell has to be good because every turn you hold up two blue, and yes. you're not committing mana. Whereas your opponent is—your opponent is spending their mana and committing yep. to the board. So, like, even mind Sister
1: again—it has to get them because if it's—if it doesn't, then but you'd never. There's no reason to hold up. To hold up time Walk myself. mana. Yeah. So, so when I say you're cheating, I was referencing that you know it only punishes you for searching your library, right. which is fucking. Che- I mean that's yeah. that's a cheating kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but it's well, it's also eight. again Almost. we're talking about that three mana is super important because that's that's a that's an ancient tomb and a chromox. Oh yeah. So on the play, ancient tomb chromox pass. Yep. Crack a <laughs> <and> fetch, <laughs> crack go and fetch ahead land. And fetch and if not, it's still got flash and I can cast it at the end of your turn.
1: Yep. And I to, and I have a two one flying.
0: Yeah. So
1: and I don't lose any tempo.
0: It still got can attack. How many?
1: How many games though? Like, you could you could just play it turn one into an open board, and you could probably, you get, you'd probably get concessions. Where it's just like I kept a hand with two fetch lands. Yep. Because we're playing Legacy. I have there's like six lands in the fucking deck. <laughs> the rest of them are fetches.
0: That was Chris. That was Robert Hayes. That was
1: Hayes. Yeah. So is it, is yeah, we Boros were to,
0: we were going to talk about Chris McGuire. Now I got Boros. Yep. Now he's got the. It's Boros in the absolute most technical sense we've got four white cards. It's basically I mean the deck, the list is a little different we'll talk about it. But it's got the Caves of Chaos Adventurer. Yep. um, Which we've talked about a ton between Red Prison and this. Um, But this one's got Thalia in the main. The rest of the creatures are pretty typical. We've got the Chalices in the main again.
1: Most of the spells are pretty typical. Yeah.
0: As far as this list goes this is pretty typical.
1: Looks pretty similar to our last list except you got those. I see you have those Caves of the Chaos Adventure in the main, and then, uh, in the main, and then you also, yeah, you don't have any swords. You bo- you've, you uh, taken those out completely. Or, sorry, you've moved those to the side in favor of the chalices in the main to hedge against Delver in the, in this in the tournament. Yeah.
0: And the, uh, I think the Chaos Adventure is probably, like, if I was going to build this, I would probably run that. The, um, the only concession you make in your mana base is changing one of the planes to a mountains because, like, you're casting it off Chrome Mox, Lotus Pedal and City of or a uh, uh, Cavern of Souls most of the time. So, like, he's just all he does. Uh, he, I shouldn't say all he does, but he's the best beater of them. Mm-hmm. Where, like, having that five three trample turn into a seven five trample oh my God. Well, almost immediately that's... is yeah, that's...
1: so what it ETBs you get it. He attacks next turn, but you get it on your upkeep. So yeah, he attacks as a seven three.
0: Yeah, seven or I think a seven plus, five. Yeah, seven
1: five. So yeah, that's that's strong. Everyone take a pause. we am gonna make fun of my wife. Uh, she had a little she, the new company she's working for. They had a, a dinner party tonight they were having, which was, she was super excited about going. But she texted me, you know, when she, I was leaving for this, and she was like, I don't know, I'm kind of tired. I might I might bail. And so as she started driving there, she texted a chicken out and say, I'm not gonna come today. Turns out it was next Tuesday anyway. <laughs> that's just one of those like oh, where you man. get
0: those kind of like intuitions where your your subconscious is processing yep. information
1: and you're like, don't go, don't, don't go, go, don't, don't go. go,
0: and like you don't know why,
1: but you just get that yep. feeling that you um, definitely shouldn't go. I'm not gonna go. Oh, cool.
0: <laughs> yep, that's hilarious. Well, I'm glad she you saved herself a trip. Um, next up, we've got Green White Depths. Uh, This is your typical
1: 12-crop rotation list. It's called 12-rot, but okay.
0: Well, that's what I
1: said. You said 12-crop rotation. Yep. It's called 12-rot, Matt. How am I going to get the legacy community to call it that if I can't get you to call it that? (laughs) Sounds like you won't. (laughs) Uh, Anywho,
0: uh, again, we've seen... There's just going over the main... There's not a ton going on here that's
1: new. No. This looks very stock yeah. for our um, Selesnya depths. Yeah, and I, we add red for Minsk and Boo. Yeah,
0: I don't know well enough to know the exact numbers. I don't know if two prismatic ending is the correct number or yeah, three. But, but
1: well, like I said, yeah. once you got you've got twelve rots, you've got the um, thespian the, stage dark up, the thespian stage package. You've got basically that that uh, toolbox land package. Yep, the mox diamonds, the like it's all there. Yeah. If yeah. I, Maybe, maybe a number here is tweaked, but no. This is this is exactly what we've been seeing for months and months and months. Yep. Um, especially with the recent addition of Minsk and
0: Yep. Even which, the sideboard is still. Which only recently
1: standard. got added because it got put on the um, MTG online. It would have been on there probably after release. Yeah. If it had been in online events.
0: Yeah. It, that was one of the cards that like you had talked about and like I kind of dismissed out
1: of hand because
0: you yep. know we like, wanted to because it costs four mana. Yep.
1: And <laughs> and I'll be the first to say I dismissed it as well. I every time we give credit to Eternal Dirtles, um, yeah, they called that, yeah. and they they brought me into their thinking, and I was like, holy shit! And yeah, because it's four mana. You don't we don't play things with four mana but in Legacy. You but do, when we do,
0: you got mox diamonds and
1: stuff like that. Yeah, so. they fucking beat face. Yep, you get mox diamonds. You get to abuse flagstones of Tro- of trocare quite. Yeah, a you bit. got
0: a tiny bit of ramp in there. Mm-hmm. So, and the uh, the big thing is the game is. I don't want to say it's designed to go long because you you do want to combo off as as soon as it's safe. Yeah. But like it is a kind of a grindier deck too. Oh, it's yeah. perfectly it de- capable of grinding the game out to it's the point where it gets four mana. Definitely not turbo depths.
1: No. It's definitely a more mid rangey style yeah. depths package.
0: So, you know, getting to a point in the game where it can actually just cast a cast a minskin boo yes. is not something that's unheard of at all.
1: Well, especially the games where like you've you've run your rot package. You've made you, you went for your first or second merit lage and it's been answered. It probably got swords. You're probably at thirty three life.
0: Yeah. Now you now your opponent has some serious
1: yes. has a serious uphill climb. They had to spend you know, every chance digging and digging to answer that merit, Lage, and now you have to deal with a minskam boo.
0: Yep. About the only newish the newer card in here is Maddening Hex in the side. But we've talked about that card quite a bit. It makes perfect sense in this kind of deck. Yep. Delver Killer. Delver Killer. I mean,
1: any control deck killer, but yeah. usually it's Delver. The Cantrip Killer is yeah, basically what Yeah, the Cantrip it Killer. Is. When every brainstorm costs you, on average, three and a half life.
0: Yeah, becomes uh, a lot worse. Pretty rough. All right. Rounding out the top eight, we've got another white stompy list by Eric English. So we make sure we get the right one. Uh, yep. This is another Thalia one. Um, Spellbinders, Peacekeepers, mm-hmm. uh Plume adventures.
1: Chalices, swords in the side.
0: Yep. And rest of the stuff looks pretty stock. He's got snow covered planes. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yep. Really throwing everybody for a loop.
1: I'll never know what to do when my opponent plays snow covered planes on turn one.
0: Yep. Oh, he's running predict. Is he? No. No, that so oh,
1: yeah. yes, that's why you would yes. Yep. Um Avon Mind Sensor again. Yep.
0: And what's this empty shrine Kanushi. Yeah, well, he's got uh, protection from white. He's one one protection from white that you can cast off of planes. That like that to me is one hundred percent in there for the mirror. Now, yep, it has to he be. He blocks all day and he, it only he's has unblockable.
1: Pro- it only has protection from the colors of permanency you control.
0: Yep, and this deck, I is mean, unless you're casting the fairy, like off of two.
1: Yeah, two Lotus Petals. Two
0: Lotus Petals yeah. or Cavern of Souls that you happen to have the yeah. forethought. To, that like, doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It's so just a It's a 1-1 pro-white. It's a 1-1 one, one
1: pro-white. One, one pro-white. It blocks or takes back initiative.
0: Yep, that's all that's in there for. I mean, that's... Like, had you... If we rewinded five weeks ago and you told me that that Berserker guy and Empty Shrine <laughs> would, see, would place
1: in Eternal top Weekend, Yeah, one of the biggest paper legacy tournaments in north america of the year i'd have bet you a box that empty shrine kanushi put zero copies in the top eight
0: so yeah that's our top eight two delver three white stompy well we do have more
1: data this week matt you want to go through all the decks all 407 yeah no (laughs) six hour episode (laughs) right um can imagine by the end of it okay we've got another sneaking show list (laughs) three uh, hundred and eighty eighth place. Right. Did not have a good showing. Um, he went two and seven. Right. <laughs> hmm, I wonder why he went two and seven.
0: Let's pick this guy's deck. Apart. Yep. Anywho, maybe summary. You
1: can see by the shock lands, uh he definitely is a little newer yep, to legacy. Budget player. Budget player. Yeah. He's that, running that, that's definitely gonna cost you some percentage points. One
0: volcanic island and four steam vents. Yep,
1: that's gonna be a little a little harder, but I get it. Um, metagame summary is going to be a little weird. Yeah, because it's all out of all 100. So Um, like in this, like 120 decks didn't get categorized. Yeah,
0: not only, yeah, they didn't get categorized and it looks like the, um, now they're not all Mono White Stompy, but Mono White Stompy was not categorized in this. But if we go back to that article that we were going off of, Blue Red Delver was the most popular in the event and then Mono White Stompy was the next most popular. So... That being said, we can just infer there that Mono White Stompy had, because Blue Red Delver had 13.27%, had 54 out of the uh, total, and Mono White Stompy was less than that. So yeah. we don't know exactly what it was. We don't have the data for that, but we know it was, according to the This Week in Legacy article, less than 13.27%. So, we'll see. And that, to be fair, that could also be wrong. Yeah. they gets... mention in there, like... It's hard that there's to, decks that
1: are uncategorized. It's hard to categorize these decks. People are naming them whatever they want to name them. Yeah. It you get you do get a little more weirdness in uh these larger events, especially once you get like to the last like the last third of decks. And we've just seen that MTG Goldfish has been having a hard time scrubbing deck names out of decks. Yeah.
0: So Delver, then Mono White Stompy, then we got Elves coming in with the third most popular deck. Uh none in the top eight and doesn't even look like any in the uh there might be one looks like Reed Duke showed up playing elves. Yay hey, get in there, Reed. Let me look at his list real quick. See if he's doing Glimpse Elves.
1: Yes, he's running Glimpse Elves. Still on Glimpse Elves. Yep. I think Glimpse Elves has the highest power ceiling. It might be it might not be um the widest band of power or the most consistent power wise, but it definitely is the highest power of the, yeah, the elf list.
0: And Reed Duke's, you know, one of the best players in the world and probably one of the best elves players in the world. Because he isn't... I consider him an elf player. Like, mm-hmm. he's not quite as dedicated to it as somebody like Julian, but he is an elves player. Like, gotcha. if you look at his tournament results, he plays elves a lot. Unless it's, like, obviously not the best deck, yep. that kind of thing. He feels very and comfortable. Even, I mean, it's Eternal Weekend and he played elves. Yeah. So he could have been playing Stompier Delver and he chose elves. So <clears throat> the problem is... Elves probably has a reasonable matchup against Delver and probably Stompy, and but those two other decks have better deck better matches against the rest of the field. Yeah, so I imagine a lot of it was just who we played because he went eight and two. I mean, what do we say? Eight and one got took, you into the top eight. It
1: took eight and one.
0: So yeah, because we have like
1: So These are obviously withdrawals that they're not showing, but eight yeah. one eight one. Yeah, the first deck that's eight two is a mono red painter list that did not top eight. Yep. And so he literally missed it just by uh, by breakers. Yep. So,
0: too bad. I would have loved to seen Elves take down the tournament because it probably would have done well in that top eight if he had done. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, he's got, he's probably, he has a decent matchup against the Blue Red Dover list. And he's got a probably a good matchup against Mono White Stompy. Yep. At
0: yeah. least as far as we know. Now, the, is, I will say this in theory, I feel like Elves should have a good matchup against that. With a 65% win rate for the tournament and the fact that it's, like, everywhere, there might not be a deck that has a good matchup against it. That's true. So, we don't know. And I don't think we have enough data to, like start making those calls it's just one of those things where like you kind of get that gut feeling where like how the decks kind of play and like what the cards are kind of running but there could 100 percent be shit that we're not thinking about
1: that Uh, it could just be too aggressive maybe maybe it is just too fast yeah
0: it could be i absolutely could be and like i said that that's in theory why i was like i think i'd rather run glimps elves and fiend Artisan elves against stompy because that deck looks fast as fuck yeah you don't have time to sit around
1: if you're gonna if you're worried about getting taking seven damage on turn two yeah. We need to fucking get a win in.
0: So uh rest of the metagame summary elv or eight cast was next up, then painter and we start getting into some
1: Yeah, we're at five percent, three percent, three percent.
0: So uh Sliver showed up with two decks. Um hey, there was a madness deck. I just kinda wanna the, we mm-hmm. got that uh Cascade was in it. <laughs> so Arc Light Phoenix, just a bunch of stuff, ninjas, Bomberman. man, yeah. So plenty of people still, you know, kinda doing their legacy thing.
1: Yep. I mean, when your deck costs four thousand dollars. Yep, you
0: show up when you can, and you
1: probably play what you got.
0: So most played cards, Force of Will. <laughs> Let's see if we can kind of glean some information about the uh, the meta game from the most played cards. So we got Force of Will, brainstorm and ponder. So obviously blue, blue. Then Lotus Petal, which there's now some significant overlap between yeah things Lotus like... Petal combo decks and then
1: yep. Stompy. Stompy, yeah.
0: Uh, and then we've got Swords to Plowshares is now fifth. So which is every means, white deck. Which is every white deck. But you've
1: you the number of white decks has gone up exponentially because now White Stompy is one of the better decks to be right. playing.
0: And the Swords is in 29% of decks. That's a lot. So now, again, you've got all kinds of Stoneblade lists, all kinds yes. of four-color control, mono-white Stompy. So, like, you know, keep that in mind. Top Creatures, Murktide, DRC, Solitude. Solitude's a little closer to uh it's not like one-to-one for mono white stompy i'm sure there's some random lists every now and then that run it or whatever but it's almost exclusively mono white stompy mostly and for that's sure. in 15 percent of decks yeah so that's probably a relatively accurate number um of mono white stompy lists somewhere in that you know 13 to 15 percent range mm-hmm. uh then we've got, well, Delver got- of secrets and endurance
1: well, yeah, but if you go a little farther down, you've got White Plum Adventure. Yeah, the yeah, season Pyromancer, twelve and twelve percent. Yeah, so twelve percent. You're probably looking at twelve percent for Mono White yep. Stompy, which puts it at literally what one and one point two percent below Delver, but still twice of the next most popular deck, which was so, Elves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Delver was thirteen. We're gonna say that was twelve. Elves was six. Yep. So you've got yeah a thirteen, a twelve, and then we're cut cut in half.
0: Six, five, four, three. Hey, I look at this as a total win. The number of tier zero decks has doubled. Yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> complaining. I, um, I now love there are it. two decks you can pick to have a yes. huge advantage against the meta game.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that Delver is having something give it a run for its money. Something it's fighting for the top slot. Something it's it's putting intense. It's a brand new deck that is fighting on a relatively unique axis that is going to force Delver to play. In a relatively unique way to beat it, and that's going to mean new sideboard cards. That means that means less sideboard slots, less versatility, less flexibility. I think it's good. I mean, I I could be eating those words in six months when you know if Mono White is just owning Legacy and we hate it. But right now, I'm happy about it.
0: Well, the nice thing about that, this is one of the problems, and one of the things about Blue Red Delver that makes it so difficult to deal with, is there. are, I mean, even between you and me, we argue about which card should go. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And then so you take that that same dynamic and multiply it by the entire legacy community and there's a short list of cards people thinks that are the problem, but I mean just like rapid fire there's brainstorm, ponder, days, uh expressive iteration, merktide, and then drc. There's six off the top of my head that I know people including myself mm-hmm. have called for to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You look at this mono white list and it goes, "Well, we know which cards are the problem." They're yeah. the ones with initiative <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, those two cards that have those two or three cards that have initiative right. text. And
0: if you throw in the red one, there's probably f- four cards that have initiative text and there might be a couple more, like waiting in the we, uh waiting in the wings. Yeah, to kind of take the next that slot. They could take they the next banned. slot. But like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like it in theory if something was going to get removed, it's relatively easy to identify yeah. the problem, although again like I said earlier the problem to me is clearly the four cards that are free mana like city of traders agent yeah but we've already just we've already said yes, and i agree those, with those, those aren't going stay anywhere. those should stay but yeah
1: that was so uh, jameson like the whiskey in our discord was talking about like if he was going to ban a card out of it
0: it was the seasoned dungeoneer I think. Yeah, yeah it's
1: the one that it's the one that gives unblockable and explores like that's if you're if you're gonna if you were gonna pick a card that that's probably a little too good even though it costs four it's probably that one
0: but again nobody i'm can, at, at least, I'm,
1: Absolutely advocating no bans in that deck. No, don't touch anything in the white deck, unless you're going to take two cards at a Delver. If you take two cards at a Delver, then maybe you take a card out of that. Is if, if you're if we work on the assumption those, those decks are vying in the same tier for each other, and if we're going to hamstring Delver, like we should have done six months ago, a year, maybe no. <laughs> you should maybe you should hit the next one too because it's it's obviously on Delver's power level. Yeah, but. But you never know, when Delver gets knocked down, like, there's a good chance that Delver's holding back a lot of decks that would be good against this mono-white deck. Yep. Like, Delver Delver being good has incredibly stifled uh, deck diversity in legacy for a long time. hmm Now, most of what it's kept down is combo decks. But, I mean, if you look... But, I mean, what, what would be a great deck against a mono-white deck with zero interaction for spells? A fucking combo deck. Yeah. Like... Yeah, if Delver gets knocked down and stops holding down combo decks like Sneak and Show, like uh, Reanimator, like Tess, like Ant, then those decks come in and they start eating for MetaShare out of the mono-white decks that are like, I just want to play five threes and attack. Right. And, and the, the big, and big thing is... Laughs, laughs in
0: storm, <laughs> take 20. The uh, The fact of the matter is mono-white can be tuned to be any couple of those, but there's like 10 of them.
1: Yes, the. Whereas one of the flexibility,
0: Delver goes. Well, force of will counters anything in your deck. Sure does. Anything yep. in all of those except the uh, depths decks, which they have wasteland for. Yes, and you know a yeah, bunch mon- of cantrips to find. Yeah,
1: Mono White's got you know rest in peace and deafening silence and uh, null rod and hushbringer and like yeah. no, it has the ability to answer in, all these basically cre- infinite hate bears. Yes, but you only get to pick a couple especially considering you don't get expressive iteration you don't get ponder you don't get brainstorm you, you're probably going to draw 10 cards this game maybe 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 12 yeah you're going to see 12 cards this game whereas delver Delver's seen 12 cards by turn 3 yep you're going to see 12 13 c- total and that's a lot that's 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 turn 5 think about it, you start with 7 yeah if you go first let's let's say you go first you're that's turn 5
0: yep so Anywho, that's our Eternal Weekend Legacy paper event. Four hundred something people. Um, I think it look
1: I think it looked. I think it looks pretty good. I know that the
0: overall it does. The top eight is kind of like eh. I get like, the
1: top eight's not fun to look at because you've got basically three mono white decks and then two yeah. Delver decks. Um, I get that it's not fun to look at, but um, I I still like where Legacy is trending.
0: Well, and just to kind of back up that case a little bit, uh, give me if you'll uh, excuse me for just a second. Bear with me here. The showcase qualifier. The top eight doesn't have any Stompy in it. There's yeah. one in ninth and there's one in twelfth. Well, like, they were they
1: were all winning. They were busy. I know, winning. And, but <laughs> I I mean, know, you I still know. have good people. Like oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. The, the top eight.
0: I didn't see who won. I didn't check to see who won. Um, Testacular and Aaron uh, Relentless both top eighted with uh, elves. Nice. So like, but yeah, so there it, are still some legit and XJ clouds in this. Like there are still very good Magic players in this tournament.
1: Yep, that didn't make it to Eternal weekend, and yeah. Yeah, mono white didn't steamroll. Did El- did Delver steamroll?
0: Uh, yes. Although, the uh, I don't know what kind of what kind of data are we looking at here. This something's something's up. So I just looked at this and I just noticed that the showcase qualifier only has thirteen decks in it. I don't know why that would fire.
1: Well, it probably just didn't scrub them all.
0: That's that's what I'm. Either a it fired because it has to because it's a qualifier. And everyone was gone, or they didn't scrap them all. Yeah. So there's there's a couple options there. I don't know which one. I don't. Yeah, who this, knows? But that one's weird. Just looking at this, there's no way we should pull this for data. Nope. I, so just ignore what I just said there. This is what happens when you do a live show. Like, yeah. Um, aside yeah. from the fact that two elves decks did top eight, I'm yeah. assuming that's real.
1: <laughs> a lot of this is stream of consciousness, guys. We just kind of think words and they happen. Yep.
0: Yeah, you get it live. Yeah. But I, that's that's so weird. We've never seen that before.
1: But we also haven't seen. I mean, we're still. Like, we haven't seen them be unable to put the fucking lists in order.
0: But as someone who wishes something got changed, this showcase qualifier, according to this data, had forty six percent of blue red delver with six decks. Seems manageable to me. <laughs> uh, anywho, that's legacy.
1: So now that we've done. An that's hour, a We've done an hour and a half. Well, we still have to do modern and our second topic and our year wraps. Going to be a long episode tonight, guys. Well, you
0: got to get that. Like we said,
1: 6-hour episode. Get
0: that 6-hour episode in. So that's legacy. Let's let's move on to modern.
1: Yep, so we'll do modern. I I just have a modern challenge this week. Um I don't think I saw anything. Do you think they'll ever include modern
0: in uh, Eternal
1: Weekend? I want to say that I heard I think Emperor put a thing up, um a whatever Morrow's like morning drive is. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking. I believe he was talking about how it may be- maybe, maybe it's just to him, but they're starting to consider modern more eternal. Like modern has become an eternal format. I mean, fuck, modern is older than legacy was when they made legacy an eternal format. Like modern's old. Modern's been around for a long time. So I think WotC is starting to consider modern a little bit more eternal. And I would hope they would because I think it's very clear that um, legacy is shifting towards vintage. Although it'll probably never be, you know, hundred thousand dollar decks, but it's shifting towards vintage. Modern is shifting pretty heavily towards Legacy, and Pioneer is shifting towards the new Modern. Like, I think it's time to to, to reframe our perspective and consider Modern more of an eternal format that it doesn't see rotation. It doesn't see nearly as much going into it as Legacy, but it does. It doesn't see nearly as much going into it. Period. It's yeah. it should be a little more consistent.
0: on the flip side, I guess. Never mind. That was a. Uh, I didn't think that through. Continue.
1: Anyway, uh, the only thing I see on here about is like modern horizons. there's a there's a qual there, there was a big qualifier in Barcelona. There was an Energy 15K in Louisville. Um, but for consistency's sake, uh, let's talk about the Modern Challenge. So this is going to be the, uh, for 12:11, which I believe is yeah, that's Sunday. So uh, Matt is going to be pulling up right behind me. Whoever came in first, Mogged. So uh, Merktide Regent. Is it Mark Tide Regent came in first place with Mogged? Subtlety uh, in the main. Yep. One subtlety in the main is really the only thing that's interesting in this list. Um, hopping over to the side, I don't really see anything new in there. This uh, Brotherhood's End is seeing some play in Modern as well. Mm-hmm. It. I mean, it's just the the pretty huge upgrade to uh, Anger of the Gods, which was, which was already a pretty good card. I'm not super shocked to see it, the versatility there, but... Yeah, that
0: is an incredibly versatile card. Mm-hmm.
1: But other than that, this is a pretty standard um, is it Merktide list. DRC, Ragavan, Merktide. Uh, Hoping up to the top of the list this isn't necessarily first or second. But then we've got Rakdos Midrange. Um, more affectionately called Rakdos Scam. I don't know why we can't. I don't know why we can't call that Rakdos Scam because like this is exactly what a Scam deck is. Four Grief, four Fury, and then all the Undying effects you could ever want. I mean, we're looking at like what three, four, five, six, seven undying effects for turn one. That's just insane. I did watch. Uh, I was watching. Um, who was I watching? Aspiring Spike play a Reanimator brew. Which would you believe that Aspiring Spike put four Leyline Bindings into his Cottage Cheese Reanimator list? It doesn't surprise me at all. And now I need to buy a, Z- a Zayatora's Stomp or a, a, the the Z- the, yeah, the, the Jun the Jun Fight Ring and. Uh, Four Leyland Bindings, because it, it worked really well, because turn one, you fetch one of your Shocks, or preferably your Triome, and then turn two, you just fetch the other Triome, and you have Binding up, and Binding hits pretty much every piece of on-board Graveyard hate that you care about Yep. for one man at instant speed, so I might need to be picking those up soon, but I did watch him play against this deck, and this deck is so nasty to go against turn one, just um, grief ephemerate, essentially, on turn one is brutal for a lot of decks, um, uh, Fury Ephemerate is brutal for all the other ones mm-hmm. like if Grief Ephemerate doesn't just fucking wreck your plan if you're not running some heavily synergistic borderline combo plan you're probably running some kind of more go wide strategy or you're really valuing your, your creatures in a more broad sense Fury Ephemerate fucks that pretty hard like this deck is so difficult to fight against and then you have just throw in Ragavan as an amazing turn one Walker Voidwalker a criminally underplayed card the card is so good. It nukes graveyards in the main easily, not on top of getting you just free wins. If you get lucky and you can go, you know, turn two, Dothy, turn three, Thoughtseize, something stupid, steal it. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but it absolutely does. Like, And then just some, some good end game finishers like Torok, Croaks, uh, Season Pyromancer for some insane card advantage. Just being able to. I mean, when I realized that, that Season Pyromancer draws you two cards no matter what. I was like, "That's got to be a typo." There's no way nope. they meant that.
0: Oh, cool! I'm gonna play it. I'm now hellbent. bent. Adtb is a discard two yeah. cards, and I just draw two
1: cards. Yeah, that should say discard up to two, draw that many. Oh. Like they, they, they—that has to be a misprint because that card. I mean, it's a mythic, so who knows? That's, it's insane—a three mana two two with a exile from graveyard effect that can make more creatures and just draws you two cards in red. Since when does since when does red just draw you two cards?
0: Uh, There's this card called Season Pyromancer. Yeah, it's bullshit.
1: (laughs) So, whatever. Uh, After that, like this is a a couple Blood Moons. This is Wheel of Fortune. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Draw seven. Well, that was last in revised. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's been a minute. Let's talk about something maybe after 1995. (laughs) Um, but other than that, just a very very standard Racto scam deck. Um. Like I said, I mean Rakdos mid range fits. Like if you took out the Grief and Fury package, it, this is a great mid range deck. And then you just throw in you, you get you take eight eight and seven, so you take fifteen slots. You do put in eight of some of the best creatures printed recently. Then you put in seven kind of mediocre undying effects, but you know they go pretty fucking great with everything else you've got. Yep. Something I didn't think about. Um, it's not super relevant, but the lines are there. You can undying a croxa to double up on Croaks the Triggers, mm-hmm. you can also undying a Dothy Voidwalker so that you get to take you get to, you would get you could cast whatever spell you want that's an exile with it. Keep your Dothy Voidwalker, and it still has access to all of their spells. On top of you, still get the passive ability. Mm-hmm. So like those undying cards, while they I mean they're clearly there for Grief and Fury, they do work really well with the rest of your creatures. I mean, Season Pyromancer, run it into a run it into a bad attack, undying it, two more cards, draw two. Yep. So. Like, obviously, those undying cards, like, everything here has crazy ETBs or just crazy value attached to it. So they're never, I shouldn't say never, but they're not dead if you don't have a Grief or Fury. Uh, In the sideboard, nothing really interesting. One Blood Moon, a couple Hitetsugu consumes all. You know, a Necromentia. It's kind of cool to see. Uh, Necromentia, interesting they're running Necromentia over the Stone Brain. Uh, Stone Brain, arguably better, costs the same, but. It, that Stonebrake
0: costs four to... Isn't it two to activate and two to... or two oh, to I cast thought it was one.
1: Oh, it is, it's not one because you can't a Saga. You're yeah. right. So it's two and two, but you get to space it out. But yeah. you're right, it does cost more. It does. It is worse on turn three. So that's fair. Uh, next up, we do have Boros Burn. Something we have not seen putting up numbers recently. and I'm super, super happy to see. Uh, Goblin Guide, Monastery Swift Spear.
0: Yep, this is just straight up burn.
1: Yep, all the Lightning Bolts and four ofs. Every single one of them scare the critics. Rift bolt, skull crack, lightning bolt, lava spike, everything. Um, deflecting palms, vortexes, searing bloods, sanctifier and vex on the side. Every now and then, somebody just yep. you know what? I'm gonna sleeve up burn, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm gonna go keep, top eight. I'm gonna burn people I'm gonna burn people out by turn four. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, this this list hasn't changed. <laughs> no, that's kind of sad. Something. So this is a bit of a sidetrack, but the the Phyrexia spoiler should be starting soon. We're tra- we're going back to Phyrexia next. Mm-hmm. Either every Infect player is going to be pissed, or Infect's going to get some new toys, and it's going to be a force to be reckoned with again, which is I think good because Infect has been off the map for a long time.
0: I think they're going to be pissed. Uh, there was a card with Toxic spoiled that showed what toxic did and it's, it's not quite the same as poisonous, but it's not in fact mm. so it was like toxic. And it, when it hits, they get one poison counter. It's not based oh, on, you can't bump it. You can't bump it.
1: It's so it's like, it's like poisonous. It's, yeah. It's technically they, they, poisonous is a, Well, they would uh, take eight damage and get a poison counter or whatever.
0: Yeah. So poisonous, the way it works is they have a poisonous and then a one or two or three. And then, so if it's got poisonous one and you can have multiple stacks of this. So for the the best card with poisonous was virulent sliver. So it gave all your slivers poisonous one. Yeah. And if you had two of them, they all had poisonous one twice. So whenever they dealt damage, you got a poison counter for each poisonous. Uh-huh. And then it would check that for each instance of poisonous. Yeah. Uh, this one, the the big difference looks like, um, so poisonous is technically a triggered ability and toxic is a replacement effect. It's kind of toxic is kind of like lifelink. Where oh, okay. it's it, you, so they it,
1: never do any more damage or anything.
0: Yeah, but it does. It does. It's still one one. It hits life, but they also get a poison counter, kind of like toxic, as opposed to yep, but, or kind of like poisonous, as but, uh, opposed to infected.
1: Keyworded, so it doesn't get buffed. Yes. Well, that's gonna suck for. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily in love with playing against infect. I don't really like doing it. Uh, I think the deck is cool and I think it should exist, but I'm not. I don't want to play. Well, against we were it. just
0: talking about it last week where it was like man it's been a while since infect got anything cool yep. <laughs> it's just like well it doesn't look like they're oh, gonna I mean, get like, anything i think it's
1: this i think it's sam dams on twitter one of our twitter fault fo- one of our twitter followers he's a fucking huge infect player he's been he's been excited for this since they spoiled the roadmap a year ago mm-hmm. that really sucks that makes me sad that if they're gonna get nothing yeah. um next up we've got another is it Merktide list um and this one's got ledger shredder instead of Yeah, and you know, losing the one subtlety, losing one Merktide, we have four ledger shredders. But beyond that, this is the exact same deck. Um, the sideboard is almost the exact same, if not the exact same. Two subtlety in the side, but like even like invasive surgery, brother's end, like brotherhood's end. Yeah, this is They're pretty much the same deck. Almost the exact same deck. Up next, we have this five-color zoo deck. So we've got, like, the Nishiba Brawlers with the uh, Wild nakodles and the Kavus, Scions of Draco, uh, Ragavan, because, I mean, you have red mana, duh. Realistically, like, even this looks exactly like we've seen the last couple weeks. Yeah, well,
0: that was going to be something I was going to mention, because, like, the funny thing, so we got another Do- main zoo deck, and... It just made me think of like these lists are so locked in. Yeah. They're basically like the cascade lists and yep. like and the burn Monk lists and the burn list. There's were only
1: like... so many good domain cards that have been printed. Yeah. And you slam even even in all five colors, you slam them all into a deck, and you barely have a deck.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's five. There's five good cards. There's wild and the cattle, the brawler, the Kavu, the Draco, and Leilani. There's uh, six tri- uh, tribal. And tribal flames. flames. Yeah. It's got them all. Yeah. That's and. Then,
1: all five colors you have six cards that yep. are worth playing and then you run a couple tempo cards like remand like dramoka's command like stubborn denial but yeah you really you're really grasping at straws to make to make this deck really work but it does but it's, it's got does. just enough and it's it, one
0: of those things where like we talked about it last week but you just need that critical mass of like yeah we just need one more card to kind of bring yeah. it together I mean, and this that was my de- yeah.
1: line binding for this deck this deck needs and we probably won't have it for a while but like it needs another domain set and you know, one more domain set with one or two more really good domain cards, and it's becomes one of the best decks in modern. Yep. Or solidly tier two, maybe tier one.
0: Realistically, the pessimist in me says, within two years, if that doesn't happen, this isn't even a deck. Yeah. Because of power creep. like This the, isn't... The creature, like Wild in the Cattle, eventually is going to get laughed out of Oh, it, Wild in the Cattle is pretty it,
1: laughable. It's, it's,
0: yeah, it's barely good enough.
1: Yeah, a one mana 3-3, three, three, if you meet criteria in modern, is just not good enough. Yeah. Cut and dry. I mean, Sign of Draco isn't even that good.
0: And to be perfectly honest, this deck probably doesn't see play without Ragavan.
1: No, probably not. Without, without the powerhouse of Ragavan, the extra card draw, the extra access to mana. Yep. Yeah, Which... probably not. Like I mean, like I Sign of Draco should probably be one or two, maybe. Wild and the Cattle shouldn't be in there at all. Um, I don't think Dramoka's Command is that good. It's okay. Stubborn Denial is okay. Well,
0: Stubborn Denial makes a lot of sense in this deck. But it's. I just, guess
1: when you get to run both the the eight Kavus, yeah, because always you're always have stubborn denial on. Yeah, it's basically one man. That makes sense. Spell. That does make sense. I didn't think about like both. You do have eight, uh, eight kavus, basically, and those are always going to be five, four fours or five. Well, fives. I shouldn't
0: even say it's one man spell. It's a one man and a gate because it's still a counter target non creature spell. Ugh. If you control a creature with power four or four greater, counter that. Instead, yeah, it's four spike. If you don't, it's, if you have, yeah, you it's have a creatures. bad four spike. Oh the boy,
1: that's not very good. That does have Leyland Binding, Yep. and that is very good.
0: Well, and again, Stubborn Denial hits all the things in general that you want it to hit. Because like in your average game, your creature is going to be better than theirs. You're that's going, true, you're yeah. Put, you're putting pressure on it, and then Leyline Binding cleans up anything else Stubborn Denial can't hit. Yeah,
1: you're worried about the Planeswalkers. The tribal flames. The, uh, the ensnaring bridges. Yeah, and you do have some stuff like... The brother's end, um, Brotherhood End
0: like, this, the the elemental creatures are going to be a problem. Like, because they don't really have to... Obviously, they're great when they're in combat, because that means they stuck around, got value, and now they're attacking. But, like, they
1: do their thing just by hitting the board. Yep. So, like... In fairness, though, this deck is relatively insulated against Fury, especially. It is, yeah. Fury is almost never going to kill two creatures because it only does full damage. Now, Fury, Ephemerate, well, that'll do some work. Yep, <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's relatively insulated against Fury where Fury's going to be a two-for-one you know, against them. Um, obviously, Solitude's going to be a two-for-one against them. I don't think you're as weak to the elemental creatures, yeah. which makes sense why you run the Stubborn Denial over a traditional counterspell because you're not as worried about those. You're probably worried about the Ensnaring Bridges about the board wipes, about stuff like that,
0: and there is only so far you can tax your mana. Yeah, double blue, in a five color deck, in a five color deck, even with the uh, triumphs, is still going it's hard. to be hard. It's hard because if you look, there's no double cost stuff. There's there's green blue or green red, and then
1: there's blue yep. white and stuff there's, like, which makes sense with the triumphs. There's most every combination, and there's almost there's no doubles, which it, that's just good deck building. Yep. If your deck's already going to be struggling on an axis, don't.
0: Don't push it even Don't further push to the it. point where
1: you're... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next up, we have a list we have not seen putting up numbers in a while. This is going to be Jun Saga. So we've got Tarmogoyf and Ragavan. Yay! Goyf. Ren and Six. Oh, um,
0: a playset of Tarmogoyf. They're I less know. than 15 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tarmogoyfs. That used to be one um, Tarmogoyf right there, and that's a playset now. Yep. Tarmogoyfs are buy one, get three free. Um, you've got all the best Jun cards you expect, like Unholy Heat, Thought Seize, Bolt, Inquisition, Fatal Push, Terminate. Um, You have your Saga package, which is going to have like your Shadow Spear, your Spell Bombs, your Bobbles. You do have one Haywire Mite. Do we have any of the things that go with Haywire Might? We do not. So it's it looks like it's
0: just a disenchant that you
1: can. It's just a one mana disenchant that when it dies, you gain two life. Yeah, It's a disenchant that you can grab with Saga. It's relevant. It, it It's non creature. It yeah, is very it relevant. It does matter. So it's not going to hit your Saga tokens, your opponent's Saga tokens, but it will hit their Saga. Yeah. So. But yeah, you can you can grab it with your Urza Sagas. So this to me is a deck that like we talked about, like kind of rides probably rides the back of of uh, Urza Saga as a solid Plan B, maybe Plan A. Where like you've got some decent creatures with Ragavan and Tarmogoyf, you don't really have a lot of finishing power. Like those creatures are not going to finish a game, but. You've got plenty of removal and uh, tempo with things like Thought Seize and Inquisition and Fatal Push. And then you've got your Urza Sagas that are, are going to bring it up in the end. Urza Saga and Shadow Spear can be an unbeatable combination, even if you're just swinging in for five. But, I mean, attack for five, gain five, trample. That's unbeatable for a lot of decks. Well, I
0: mean, what's the first thing that should pop into anybody's head when you're talking about that? It's
1: Batterskull. Batter skull One of the one of the best equipments yeah. it doesn't in have Death and Taxes for like, a long time.
0: Yeah, batter Skulls still a very formidable creature. Yes. Um also fable of the mirror breakers in here. That's yeah, that's true. that card is shitting all over pioneer.
1: Yeah, that card's pretty amazing. That was I mean, one of
0: the other top 8s that I looked at and it was 7 of the top 8. They weren't the same deck, but it was 7 of the top 8 had fable of the mirror in it. <laughs> something yeah, like that.
1: Like that's one of those I really hope they don't ban it. But like it's it's warping decks yeah, you around basically it basically just bought into them exactly but like it's if it's 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 the ragavan problem where like if you have red why are you not do you have fable because yeah. you probably should because yeah. it's if you have red I mean in legacy in modern in pioneer in standard if you got red you should probably be playing fable the mirror breaker and it's it's never two it's four it's never one or two fables it's four well it's great in multiples it is great in multiples have you seen the copy, 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 where you can copy itself if you have two of them?
0: Uh, you've mentioned it before. Yeah. Once yeah. you get
1: your second one, you can, on their end step, you can make as much, one mana each, you can because co- you can copy another, but if you have two, copy, yeah. copy, 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 copy. Yeah, copy. it
0: can't copy itself, but it can copy.
1: Yeah, so then you can make, you can turn every mana into a 2-2, two, two, and then on your turn, heaven forbid you have a Tarmogoyf, then you can turn every mana into a Tarmogoyf and swing for a lot uh sideboard doesn't look like to have anything like really spicy in it some go for the throats i that's was gonna say that
0: it's been probably, a while since we've seen go for the throats. probably throat. <laughs>
1: wrong like there's i mean like there don't get me wrong there's gonna be times it matters but just run like one of the better doom blades like the new one's great that what's the new it's just one in a black destroy it you lose two life if you're gonna run a doom blade um i can't remember what it's called right now can you remember what it's called? The new
0: Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I
1: can't think of it. It's the new, it's in standard everywhere. Like, no one plays Doomblade anymore because it's pretty bad. But if you're just looking for another Doomblade, just run that one. It's I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, it's one in a black. Destroy target creature, you lose two life. Just better. Um Torpor Orb, Hearse, Necromentia. Don't see anything really interesting. To... The only interesting thing it's kind of interesting is Alpine Moon. Mm-hmm. Um pretty good against other Urza Saga decks. If that's something you're worried about, it takes a pretty big chunk out of your game plan, but I mean, gosh, what else are you gonna you could maybe do some work against um You said Primetime, right? Prime time I, I, was, I was thinking of, yeah, do some work against Primetime, but like man, Primetime is so scattered. Even the win cons of Primetime are so scattered and it's just a face up play. Like Primetime plays around maybe could, maybe Primetime won't be able to kill you this turn, but primeval Titan's gonna play around that pretty easily. So
0: So you go valakut or
1: whatever yeah
0: and they go okay cool i won't
1: get it yep i won't get valakut i'll yeah. get the other ones i'll get uh sun fortress or whatever so you can sun stronghold like,
0: a lot of times what they're gonna
1: do is Slayer stronghold
0: well you get the uh prime time comes into play they're gonna grab two things if it's one of those that's just basically what you have to pick and you have to make them go get another one to beat you well the problem is that it doesn't have flash or anything it's an enchantment no, i know but like they have so many segments. so like well, and if, assuming they don't kill you and you yeah. get a chance to cast the Alpine. Yeah, right? I guess.
1: Well, it's other, the alternative is you use it as a face-up, and you would get, I think it's the Slayer Stronghold that gives it haste. Mm-hmm. So you could maybe get Slayer Stronghold and prevent haste. But like you're still facing down the barrel of a primetime that like they have six, now eight. I don't know. It's there for something. There's two of them. I'm not sure what it's there for. If it's not for, is it opponent? Let me make sure it's not opponent.
0: Land your opponent's control. So it's Urza Saga. Uh,
1: so yeah, it's okay, so it's just for it's not symmetrical. So it's probably just for Urza Saga. Which if your whole plan I, I think this deck's like plan B creeping towards plan A is Urza Saga. You can't just lose to them getting their saga first. So Alpine Moon takes care of that pretty easily.
0: Another haywire might.
1: Yes, another haywire. I saw another haywire, which is more saga hate. So if you're worried about losing the saga race, another that's no, good. Uh next up we have another Domain Zoo list, and it is another list that is exactly the same. Yep. Um, the only thing I don't see here is I don't see any Fable of the Mirror Breakers. Didn't we we just talk about?
0: I don't think it had.
1: It didn't either. We just talked about. I wonder what. Where... So I think that deck's is too locked into what it's doing. I disagree. I think Fable of the Mirror Breaker is better than Walt and the Cattle. I think it's at the very least. I think Fable the. I think two Fable of the Mirror Breaker are better, better than two Sino Draco's. I don't know. Yeah, I just realized that we were talking about, if you ever read you'd probably play it. I I think very much that, like, two Scions, I think two Fables are better than two Scions. I'd probably maybe cut all into Cattles or maybe cut two into Cattle, two Scion, or three Scion.
0: I think for what this particular deck is trying to do, I think the, the Fables are probably too slow. Because this deck doesn't give a shit about, like, value, so to speak. Oh, man. I don't... We don't see,
1: like... Fable's so good. It I, is. I, they've obviously but it also is very slow. Every yeah it is. Everyone on the internet has decided that it's you know. But like think of like Fable makes you a makes you a treasure, makes you a goblin that makes a treasure. Mm-hmm. That goes that goes super far in a five color deck having one treasure yeah, on. Yeah, but they already have that.
0: They've got Ragavan. They don't need to run Fable. They actually if Ragavan just... connects. <laughs> yeah, but if, if Ragavan's probably going to connect. You have a decent amount of removal, on turn two. If yeah. you drop it on turn one, you can. Kill yeah, most they don't things. kill your
1: Ragavan. It's probably going to hit. Yep. I don't know. Clearly, I'm wrong, but give it a try. Give it a try, Zoo. That get off the wild and the cattle drug. It's it's not not worth it. That card's maybe playable and popper.
0: Well, I mean, I would argue it's playable and modern. <laughs> there's eight copies in this That's top true. eight. That's true. There are eight copies in this top eight. <laughs> Again,
1: I'm a very results oriented person <laughs> yeah. with magic. Like, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not absolutely correct. that, yeah, there's eight copies in the top eight. I just don't think they belong there.
0: Well to me I look at that and I go you're already in it. A one mana 3-3 in most decks isn't very good but again this is a very aggressive deck and it's going I'm going to put 3 power on turn 1 and then the next turn I'm going to put 4 power in the air on turn 2 and every turn I'm going to put 3 to 5 power on the board and you're just going to have to fucking deal with it because they're all going to cost nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. That's just that's just what the deck is trying to do, but you could have copies of your Sign of Draco. Good, if you. But the problem is, I think if the game goes to that point, you're probably losing, because like you said, most of these cards aren't actually that good. This
1: deck is closer to burn than it is to jund or Rakdos. If since most of these cards aren't that good, you should put some really good cards in there for some late game potential. You're this gonna really- have games where you get pushed into the mid game. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Clearly, the deck's good enough to just win in the early game, but I think this deck... I
0: think Leyline Binding is the card you're... Leyline Binding
1: goes, oh, is the cool, good card. They, have,
0: they have better cards than me. Yeah, but... <laughs> I guess you're not wrong there. Take seven.
1: <laughs> I'm you, we're going to see here in, in, in three or four months, this deck's going to fall out of favor, and then someone's going to bring it back, and they're going to have two or three fables, and I'm going to be like, ha, I, I fucking so. told you so.
0: That, that That's, I mean,
1: jerk. Sure. But right now, they're not. Right now, they're, they're doing just fine with four Nicodel, four Sion. I
0: think... The 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 point the data point I would use to kind of back up my case, and I know it's the extreme version, but just to demonstrate the point, you wouldn't put Fable the Mirror Breaker and Burn either, because you don't want to be taken. No, no, you're right. Think, I think the tribal deck is closer to the Burn than it is to the mid rangey kind of thing, hmm. where the game. I just don't think the game goes long enough. Like if the game goes five or six turns, like it start you start getting into the realm of like murktides doing its thing uh Rakdos is overcoming you with just insane amounts of value. Like you just want to get in there
1: to I mean, ten like, or fifteen and then tribal about, flames them to death. You are still talking about creatures that cost two or three mana and have summoning six. So you're going to I mean like you're looking to get to turn four or five anyway. Yeah, but by
0: by turn four or five you've got several big ones out as opposed to one, two, two.
1: Well you'd have let's say turn one to cattle, turn two, Kavu, turn three. So what, what are you doing on turn three? You're doing a Draco and a Cattle? Well, you or... probably
0: have Drake... You probably drop a creature and leave up Stubborn Denial on turn 7. So,
1: may, so maybe drop another Kavu and leave up Denial. That's probably what I would be doing. Instead of spending... To protect one of your dudes. Instead of getting out your fable, or like getting it ticking. Or
0: bolting their dude and...
1: Or binding
0: their dude and getting in for damage.
1: Yeah, maybe like maybe bolt, bind, Yep. clear the way, get in for 8.
0: Yeah. Because, again, that's one it. of the things... This deck, It. I know you know this intellectually, but until you've cast tribal flames for five, it's very good. Yeah. And that's that's kind of, oh, I get of to, like I... when you play it, that's one of those things where like that's what you're trying to do. Where yeah. you're just like, I want to get you to five and then fucking dome you with a triple I <laughs> get uh
1: I have a comparison with a blast yeah, I do it, get that's to, exactly what I it do is. get to just dome people for five sometimes and it's like, hey no you know how you're at nine? Not anymore. Right. And that's that's so, you'll you'll do yeah. like alpha you'll do stupid alpha strikes because it gets them to five and they just Yeah. That's a good
0: point. In. That's so, a good point. That would be my contention. I then don't get me wrong. Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a very—it's basically another one of those cards that shouldn't have been printed. Probably not. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Yeah, probably not. I just don't think in this particular deck <coughs> it's probably what should be running. But next week, who, who knows? knows? The guy could
1: well. We want to see cut it, a
0: Dramoka's command and two remans and throw some Fables and
1: I think reman's good. I think Remans should stay. I'm just picking cards. But yeah, I get you saying. Yeah, maybe maybe someone will try it out. Maybe someone has tried it out. It didn't work.
0: We would never know because we only talk about decks that win
3: that's,
0: or top eight. That's one of the, that is very kind true. of one of the blind spots we have is we don't go, we don't typically speaking delve deeper than the top eight. So we mm-hmm. don't see a lot of like the, we don't get a lot of our counterpoints. So like we don't yeah. see the people who got like
1: 10th, 15th, 15th, 20th. There's probably, there's pl- I mean, once mm-hmm. in a while you'll see, you'll, you'll grab, we'll you'll grab them out. Like there's a cool deck in 20th. Yeah. But yeah, we don't, we don't scour the top 32 every week. We're, we're more concerned with the top eights who did well. Let's wrap this up with, uh, I mean, blue-way control with a few red cards on the sideboard. Oh, or yeah. Or Jeskai control. So, Kihira, Kihira as your uh, companion because you've got solitudes. That's it. Interesting choice with this blue-way control list. We've got th- uh, two, three fairies, and that's it. We usually see, like, five Planeswalkers. Usually you see, like, two or three three-fairy, two or three five-fairy. Um, we sometimes don't, the Wandering so, Emperor. Sometimes lady. Emperor and Jace. Yeah, sometimes like, Jace. This deck usually has between five and eight Planeswalkers. This we have two. Yeah, they went hard on the Shark Typhoons. Yes. Uh, are we running that one land? The Hall of Storm giants No. What's the one that? Yes. So they're running. Um, I saw a spike play against this list, though so it's a little more popular right now, obviously. But they're running Hall of Heliod's Generosity. So you can start mm-hmm. looping the Shark Typhoons. Yep. So multiple dress downs, multiple Leyland bindings, uh, one Chalice of the Void, which is hilarious. Love seeing a one of.
0: Another in the side too.
1: A um, bunch of counter magic, a bunch of board wipes, a little bit of card draw, a little bit of removal. But yeah, you're really relying. I mean, you're you're relying incredibly heavily on uh, looping Shark Typhoon, which is a really interesting strategy to win the game, considering how much graveyard hate there is. Yeah. And Hall of Heliod's Generosity is very slow and very face-up mm-hmm. and very easy to catch. So don't get me wrong, clearly it's working, but this is a very interesting uh, strategy or take on blue-white control to seal the game out with, again, literally four solitudes a Kihira, which, I mean... Key, especially key bumping those solitudes, they can they can punch very fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hall of Storm Giants is again it punches very hard, and you will be making some very big sharks. So that's I mean it's totally possible that you're not you don't need to Hall of Helios Generosity. You just need to get to turn nine and make a make an eight eight shark. Yeah, and start you don't have to face. loop it. You just have to and cast it. Just once. make or make a couple make a make a couple a four four and five five and protect them for a few turns. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely possible, but there's a lot of removal in modern. They're really easy to remove. Hall of Helia Generosity is very slow. It's very face up. There's a lot of graveyard hate. I don't know. I don't. This is not the way I would play. I would love to play a blue white control deck in modern, um, but I, this is not how I would play it at all. The, one of the reasons I don't play blue white control in modern is almost explicitly because I don't want to buy five fairy.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to buy three or four or five fairies. They're kind of expensive. I have the vast majority of this deck. I have the solitudes. I have most of these spells. I have. Um, I don't, I don't have the bindings. Like, I have most of this crap. I don't have five fairy, and I don't want to buy three or four of them. Um, <laughs> Hallowed Moonlight. That card's so good. Mm-hmm. So, looking at the sideboard, you do have a couple red cards here. You've got uh, Flame Blitz, which is... I mean, in fairness, if you're going to be running even one Flame Blitz inside, that's even a plan. Obviously, you can't be running very many Planeswalkers of your own. Yeah. And you've got uh, one Crumble to Dust, which is a... A uh, nice, um, nice removal card removal that doesn't have any colors. It's three and red with the void. What is that? And then you can nuke a non-basic land. So a little bit of Tron hate. A little bit of, uh, what's it called? Urza Saga hate. Mm-hmm. A little bit of color hate, too, just in general.
0: I but, like the uh, Blossoming Calm. That's an interesting card against the, the scam decks. You get hexproof until your next turn, gain two
1: life, rebound. Yep. Blossoming Calm is really good. Obviously, Hallowed Moonlight is incredible against those decks. Yep. Yeah, there's lots of uh there's lots You still of... have
0: to be you have to be careful when you cast it cuz then they can I guess if I guess it's different with ephemerate cuz they could always respond with ephemerate. They could. But with the undying they they're kind of like locked into their game plan. Yep. Like the the evoke trigger has to resolve. Yeah, as long as they the can echo, evoke
1: trigger hit the stack. Yeah.
0: So yeah, blossom and Calm's pretty solid against that. Evoke, evoke trigger hits the stack, you cast it, doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to
1: shut that down. Yep, there's and a couple that's ways. Very shut that important. Down. And like, there's a lot, and there's, I mean, that's one of those cards. Like, H- Hollowed Moonlight is a wonderful card right now. There's a lot of cards cheating creatures into play. Mm-hmm. Um, the Transmogrify deck, the obviously Plain Jane Reanimator, Scams a huge one. There's lots of decks cheating shit into play. Is I was gonna
0: say we didn't see a ton of uh There's only one Indomitable Creativity in this top thirty-two.
1: Wow, I didn't even notice. So, like, it's not super relevant, but that even hits germ tokens off of living weapons. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Because yep. it says, if, if a, a creature.
0: Yeah, it doesn't say non token.
1: It does. So, or it doesn't. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, it even hits, like, Stoneforge Mystic and Cauldra yep. if you catch it. So, yeah, some cool stuff there. Like I so, said, not the way I would build the deck, but clearly powerful, clearly putting up results. So, running through our metagame summary, we do have. Almost 19% with Rakdos Midrange. Rakdos Scam has kind of been running the gambit. Followed pretty closely by Merktide Regent. Those isn't Merktide decks. So 6 and 5 or 19% and 15.5%. Uh, followed right behind that with Burn at 12.5% and Hammer Time at 9.4%. So 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Uh, wrapping it up, we've got Domain Zoo, which, interestingly enough, Domain Zoo put two lists in the top 32 and, and two in the top eight. Both made it to the top eight. That's a good indication of a powerful deck. Uh, here yep. I am shitting on it. But that's a good indication of a powerful deck. Two of them made it in and they both top eighted.
0: You know what that, in my opinion, what that's an indication of? We'll get to it in just like 45 seconds. Let's keep going.
1: Okay. Um, so, yeah, then we got other, we got a bunch of one was like Other Prowess and Donald Creativity. So, most played cards, Rag- Ragavan. Ragavan.
0: So, you look at that. Rakdos Midrange, Ragavan. Murktide, Ragavan. Ragavan. Domain Zoo, Ragavan.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. That's... Hmm. I wonder what card is maybe a little broken in these decks. Yeah. It's definitely a lot better in Modern than Legacy, but... <laughs> well, it's banned in Legacy. <laughs> Sorry, what I mean yeah. is... When I say... I don't mean it stronger. I mean, like, more okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's... Way too good for legacy. That I mean, card's, it's
0: fifty three percent of decks. That card's in in this fucking insane. 32. Yeah,
1: fifty three percent of decks, Ragavan.
0: It's approaching lightning bolt levels and yep. lightning bolts in there because it's almost always in there with Ragavan.
1: Yeah, they almost always go together.
0: And then there's burn on top of it. Basically.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's so, what that is. Yep. Ragavan, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Unholy Heat, Mishra's Bobble. Isn't that crazy? So by fifth, Mishra's Bobble. Mr. Bubble is almost half of what Ragavan is. Yeah. 28% versus 53%. I mean, Thoughtseize at 6 is literally half of Ragavan. What uh, do you the, think
0: the most played creature is? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, top creatures, Ragavan. <laughs> then Fury, Sanctifier, Envec, Dothy, Voidwalker, and Grief. So look at that. So Ragavan, Fury, and Grief, one, two, five. Sanctifier, Envec, and Dothy, Voidwalker. Some of the best answers to Scam. Slow, but very good answers to Scam.
0: I'm so glad we play Modern Horizons block.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what modern has become, unfortunately. Um, my my dream is, I know that we're gonna get another Modern Horizon set in the next year or two. My dream is though they really tone it down and like. Well, isn't that
0: when the Lord of the Rings one? I thought they said that's what Lord of the Rings was. Replacing. That's
1: right. That's Lord of the Rings. So hopefully, Lord of the Rings gets toned down quite a bit and it's more geared towards maybe Commander and not as much towards Modern. What I'm hoping is we have like like three, four, five years where we're playing Modern Horizons Modern, mm-hmm. but it's we, we do it for five years. Yeah, and so we at least have some time to stew. In a stable format.
0: That was one of the things like again, I kind of like just read a lot about magic and one of the questions popped up. Somebody was asking, like, hey, um, why does everybody hate Modern Horizons so much? I was like, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, well I don't know why. Modern Horizons sucks if you gave a crap about magic before Modern
1: Horizons. Yeah. If, if you're like you me, don't care. Like I bought into Modern <laughs> with MH2. So like I it's it's kind of okay. But I can pretend that I bought Jund two years ago, and it's obsolete now.
0: Right, and it's just like the the format is entirely different from yes. the interdiction of Modern Horizons 1 and 2.
1: And Modern Horizons, at its core, was designed and advertised as a stable, non-rotating format yeah, that, modern, you, yeah. that you can... Sorry, what did I say? You said Modern Horizons. Oh, sorry, Modern is a stable, yeah. non-rotating format that you can invest a lot of money in and play a deck for a long
0: time. Yeah, so if you don't care about Modern rotating every...
1: Two Currently, or three years or whatever, yeah.
0: then Modern Horizons is probably fun. It's probably like great. If well, you it's... look at this format in a vacuum, aside from like Ragavan basically, and even that's only popping up, that's kind of got a, a little bit of a resurgence lately. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not a bad format. It's diverse. There's plenty of high oh, yeah. level play. I think there's Modern, a ton tons of, of fun. Decks,
1: like, it's a lot of fun to play. But I if, mean, look who loves Modern Horizons. All the content creators. Yep. Because they play Magic eight hours a day and it makes Magic, it makes Modern way more fun. Because they want it rotating and changing, because it's very easy for them to justify spending whatever money it takes to buy all the cards. Yep. They have all the decks, or they rent all the decks. They don't care about. Like I said it's, it's very easy for them to justify just blowing the money on it because they're making content. It's their job. They love it. Yep. Whereas we're like, I just want, I really just want my reanimator deck to be good for the next five years. And it won't be. And it, yeah, if depending on what happens with Lord of the Rings, it very well might not be. I never, thought never thought you'd hear that, huh? <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. This
0: episode's long enough without...
1: Uh, did I do Top Spells already? Uh, no, so. he Lightning, bolt, Special Federation, Unholy Heat, Mishra's Bubble, uh, and Thoughtseize. All right, guys. So, that wraps up Modern. Uh, we are two hours in. We have... <laughs> That's a long <laughs> It's going to be a long one. We had the last Force the Issue that we were given by Emperor for the year. He doesn't know that it's the last one of the year, but he does now. Yep. So he asked us this a few weeks ago as a fun idea, and I gave it to Matt, and we've we've been kind of percolating it. We haven't really given each other our list, or we have a couple cards each that we're going to talk about. Uh, We haven't talked about too much, so it's going to kind of be a little more organic here, but the premise is, tis the giving season. It's Christmas, or whatever holiday you choose to celebrate, but for us, we celebrate Christmas. What gifts could Legacy give to Modern that would make Modern better, more fun, more interesting, under the criteria that it doesn't just completely fucking destroy modern. Yeah. So, like, you know, no reanimates, no show and tells, no...
0: The big thing is, like, if you look at that, one of the things you don't want to pick is a card that already exists but just costs less. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's uh, unmarked grave. You don't want to just be like, in tomb.
1: Yeah, you don't just give in tomb, (laughs) yeah. Like, what what, what cards could modern almost certainly handle, um, whether they were or are not banned but you know that legacy could gift over to modern and make modern a little better. Yeah. Um I I I thought and thought and thought. And I think I only have one that really stuck got to me. I think you've got two. There I have there's a few that I could name. Uh several so,
0: of them would be from like elves and yeah. w- the, one of the cards I picked is from elves. I think it's the biggest addition that elf modern elves <laughs> could get. Let's go ahead and start there. What do you think, Matt? My first one would be Wirewood Symbiote. The um there's a couple. There's an I mean you could rattle off all kinds of shit uh guy's cradle would be the most that's the most powerful card from the deck but uh, one it's reserve list so i think it's just kind of off limits anyways
1: yeah yeah probably avoid um and two it's just
0: guy's cradle is clearly a broken card and there's uh there's no real decent way to deal with it in um modern like wastelands just not around Mm -hmm. and i could see that being i know yeah mm-hmm. uh that would be potentially one of the cards i would pick as well i'd like to see it i we've you and i have both about tried that. to like theory craft like what a what a the best wasteland you could do that wouldn't just shit all over the format yeah i personally don't think it's wasteland but if we just had to pick one wasteland i think there's some sort of like um shock wasteland that i think would be appropriate but yeah. back to wirewood be it? um i think it's it's probably the best non-banned, non-broken card from Elves that I would want to see. Um,
1: so the question is then... Because we already got Quirion Ranger. You don't have Heritage, or you don't have... Do you have Elvish Mystic, or not Elvish Mystic, what's the one that ETV draws a card? Elvish Visionary, yeah, it's legal. You do have Elvish Visionary. Yes. Okay. So that's so, the immediate Because I was thing. thinking, like, the current Elf list, you're not really... Other than Protection, Protection's good. You're not really gaining anything yeah. by bouncing it. Bouncing you got Elvish elves. Visionary.
0: So it would give you that
1: combo. Elvish Visionary is pretty good. I don't
0: think it's I don't think Wirewood Symbiote by itself yeah. makes Elves playable again.
1: And it basically allows you to start abusing like Elvish Archdruid quite a bit more. A lot of yep. decks are running Elvish Archdruid mm-hmm. or some of those like tap for so elves. You get some big mana
0: you get a few more uh additional untaps and whatnot. Like I said, we already have Query Ranger that's already been in there. And again, it can just kind of show you the The issue with elves currently in modern is they get Quarian Ranger and there's no change. Like,
1: yeah, it didn't add anything. It didn't
0: add, I mean, it's better and people run it, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it's still not good enough. It didn't put on the map, that's for sure. No. So, and I don't, again, I don't think Wirewood Symbiote would either, but it would help. Yep. And then, um, I think you had mentioned Glimpse.
1: Yeah, I I had thought of Glimpse. I've heard people, a lot of people talk about it. Um, I don't, Elves is probably the only list that's going to be abusing glimpse um unless like you saw like mer- unless you saw Murfolk splash into I mean yeah. splash into green or if you saw um and even if they did goblins splash merfolk, into green like like the... goblins and murfolk like you're, you're, you're we're going to talk mostly about some pretty tribal centric cards if we're talking about elf cards and like really the only tribal decks I'm really worried about are murfolk and goblins those do see play those do put up numbers um, but I don't see either one of those effectively splashing no, they, into green. Well, they
0: the the builds of those not only like I uh, they could splash into green, but their creatures aren't geared towards taking advantage of glimpse. So glimpse, you know, if you glimpse in goblins, you might draw two cards. Yeah. So like, okay, like yeah. that's all you've done,
1: but. But Elves, you definitely have. And they will be, Glimpse will probably, in Modern, I bet Glimpse would almost always be. But probably, let's say, 80% of the time. And it'll probably be value Glimpses. You'll probably be Glimpsing to draw three or four cards. But you will have those times where it's like Elvish Arch Druid, make eight mana, draw ten cards, essentially.
0: Well, and in, one of the things I think that would be interesting is with Modern Elves, because you don't have to have a Cradle in order to kick off. Cradle just speeds it up. Yeah. You do have everything you need to do a Glimpse chain. So, basically, the tension there would be, do I fire it off to Ancestral Recall, so have, or do I hold it till like, turn three or four after I've got... Because you've got Heritage druid, you've got Nettle Sentinel, um, yeah. you've got, like, the Wirewood Simeots in the Quarian Rangers. And you've got tons of dudes that make... You've got you tons make of dudes one, that ones. make
1: plenty of mana. Do you Quarian? Yes. Not, not Quarian, I'm sorry, Birchlor? Yes. Or er,
0: Birchlor, I don't, I don't think, think Bur- so. I don't think is don't old, like old border. Yeah, Birchlor isn't one of those cards that's needed for it. It's just additional copies, yeah. and it's actually worse you get less mana per elf well, um, well you
1: get that that keeps it going infinitely well that keeps one mana elves going infinitely with nettle yeah but
0: like I said it's just it, birch lore for glimpse chain is just a worse heritage druid but it's true. heritage druids five and six yeah that's, is that's typically yeah. what it is that's a good point um so don't get me wrong you would I would absolutely like if I just had to pick another one it'd be birch lore uh-huh. but like uh glimpse to me would be perfectly fine there's a ton of answers the the idea that like modern elves is gonna start comboing off on turn one or turn two. No. It's just it it doesn't even happen that often in legacy. Modern has force of negation. There is no guy's cradle. There is no Green Sun Zenith, mm-hmm. which our Green Sun I think should absolutely be unbanned. Although that's a little iffy now because Modern's changed quite a bit. Green Sun's one of those cards that I think is riskier to take off the ban list than uh, glimpse glimpses, is like very yeah. dialed into what it does. I agree. Whereas Grimps, Glimpse just gets better every time they print another creature. And you already have stuff like Moth running like Cord of Calling and yeah, shit I think like you, that.
1: Uh, not Glimpse. Uh, I think you mean Green Sun Zenith. Yeah. Green
0: well, Green. Yeah, green Sun
1: Zenith is riskier gets, to pull off. Yeah. It gets better with every creature they print. Yeah. it gets,
0: it's just every single green creature that gets printed Glimpse of or uh, yeah. Green Sun Zenith just gets better. I still would like to see it. I don't really think it'd be that problem. If yeah. you look at like these top 32s Currently, there's nothing in here I'd really worry about other than Yawgmoth getting an additional tutor.
1: Um, um, the, but even I then, will, it's tutoring for green cards. Yeah. I'll tell you that what everyone always, talk, always freaks out about is primetime, getting another tutor for primetime. Right. Prime that's time. another one. Uh, that, and that I big, don't... I think I think that argument doesn't hold as much water because, I mean, if you go back two years, primetime was the prime time was was the deck everyone would have banned for the last five years. And now, how often you see primetime? Right. So, like... Even if primetime got a bump, I don't think it's that big a deal.
0: Right. And that's that's the, basically the way I look at uh, Glimpse. Glimpse was banned, I don't want to say right out of the gate. I don't remember exactly when it b- was banned, but it might have been a holdover from Extended and just banned like from the um, onset of modern. Yeah. I have and no like idea. magic has gotten so much more powerful. Like you have, so if you just think about it, you've got Chalice of the Void is all over the place. That is, we don't have Allosaurus Shepherd. So Chalice of the Void absolutely affects. Mm-hmm. Uh, elves in a way that it that legacy elves can kind of you work around without a shit about uh you also don't have any way to tutor out an answer for it because green sun's gone um you've got solitude and fury both stop glimpse just right for no mana fury does not fury hits creatures doesn't
1: it but it's sorcery
0: oh is it yeah fury doesn't have Fury face. doesn't, have, doesn't flash.
1: have flash Yep. gotcha okay but that's um... true
0: but you also it basically it's mannerless basically the point wasn't so much it will pain, hose you, but it was one of those you can interact with elves within because like, again, a turn two is just not going to happen Mm-mm. without Um, you also don't have natural order. Yep. So you don't have to worry about that. So you're just focused solely on glimpse, basically. So you've got force of negation, solitude, fury. Those are manaless answers because you're all you have to do to set elves back is just kill the elf, the turn one elf. Yep, or the turn two elves, whatever. Or basically, the turn before you expect
1: them to go off. You need to kill. You need to even if glimpse resolves. There's one elf that's gonna make a shit ton of mana, right? Kill that. So like, and if you don't have both Wirewood Symbiote and um whatever, whatever it is, the glimpse, Mm -hmm. like both of them work really well together, right?
0: Like it's so much more fragile and modern. So unless there's some hidden deck that people are like that they're worried about, like if they're worried about glimpse elves it should 100% be taken off the ban list right now like there's no like it's just not a thing yeah. i it would not surprise me at all if you unban glimpse and elves still wasn't a deck that that's actually what i would bet on like i still don't know like if i had to yep. pick like my gun to my head would unbanning glimpse make elves a competitive like deck that we see in here where it's on the well, same level as like hammer time and zoo yeah. and shit like that?
1: I'd say no. Well, we know for a fact that two mana glimpse doesn't do it. Is zero play.
0: Zero play. I don't think um And the gulf between one and two is huge. The, but still uh,
1: it is. But I like the like elf decks that exist, there are elf decks that exist and they do they put up five O lists all the time. I don't think they're even running nope. that two mana glimpse. They don't. So it's like, not worth it.
0: Glimpse should absolutely come off. But again, that was kind of your pick. That would that would have been my pick as well. And we're just kind of talking about it anyways. But like I think Wirewood Symbiote would be Yeah. Like other than Glimpse would be the next one. Because like Glimpse is technically modern legal, it's just banned. So Wirewood Wirewood Symbiote to me is a card that is legal only in legacy that I would port over. That would be kind of my big one. I would also love to see it in Pioneer. But that's yeah. and for the exact same reasons. Just throw it into Elves. Like LC's no play, it 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 what top thirty two one challenge, and I built it, and it hasn't done anything since.
1: Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, it's. it's I think it's. I think it's plain powerful. Mm-hmm. I've gotten my ass kicked several times by it, but I will agree that yeah, it doesn't see play really anywhere.
0: Yeah, it it's one of those where you can five zero leagues with it, which means it's playable at Friday okay. Night Magic.
1: I've got two. Okay, so so my first one, and that was kind of one of them was yeah. I had thought of, um, Glimpse, but that was kind of obvious to me. Where it's like that's pretty obvious. It's fine. Uh, wasteland, and we talk, this is very this is very standard. You knew about this, I think. Wasteland, um, and we, like you just said, like you know, is there probably a better wasteland where you could say like it's, yeah, it shocks you to use maybe, or you have to etb etb's tap unless you shock. I don't know mm-hmm. some costs associated with it. I'm okay with just trying wasteland and just, get, just just putting it in standard and then banning it if we have to, because I think modern is way too fucking greedy. I think the way we in modern just abuse these triumphs so aggressively and shock lands i don't think there's very many good uh straight up tempo decks so like i think ma i think burn could take advantage of wasteland tempo where like you know once burn gets two lands it's good to go so it could easily go turn one monastery turn two wasteland bolt attack or something you know but you don't have Blue Red Delver. I don't think Blue Red Murktide would be able to abuse Wasteland because Blue Red Murktide is willing to hold up things like Counterspell and mm-hmm. Archmage's charm. You know, they're not they're not they're not playing tap out control. They're absolutely holding up mana for counterspell. So And they don't have days. And they don't have days. force of
0: or force of will.
1: So setting themselves back on mana is very real, unlike in Legacy with Blue Red Delver. Um but that was my biggest reason why I'm like I'm super gung ho on uh, wasteland in general. I want some kind of free interaction that punishes greedy mana bases. I don't think a deck could heavily abuse it. Maybe other than Boros Burn, they could probably well, take advantage of it. There but is, mm-hmm. um,
0: I think it would for sure see some play in like a prime time kind of deck. I don't think it would be abused in the sense that people are worried about. Mm-mm, but yeah. you definitely throw one in there. Now the one of the chance. now one of the
1: downsides to it, and this is maybe one of the reasons why they won't do it. Is um it's pretty good against Tron
0: now. Tron's not even in the top thirty.
1: Tron hasn't seen play in a while. Yeah, <laughs> once in a blue moon you'll see Eldrazi Tron, but it hasn't seen play in a while. Um, but Wasteland, if you did put Wasteland in, if you if you started seeing Wasteland regularly,
0: Tron's just dead.
1: It is. And I think you would see Wasteland just regularly because especially with Leyline binding being everywhere, Wasteland coming in and being able to make binding cost three versus one or two is pretty big.
0: Well, and it especially punishes a come into play Tapped land.
1: It absolutely does. And I like I want to. Like it just there's so little cost. I, I I want to punish these super greedy mana bases. I think we've shown that Magus of the Moon and Blood Moon aren't enough. They're good. They're not enough. Well, we and a lot of, the of these multicolored decks run them themselves. Yes, a lot of yeah, a lot of two and three color decks are running Blood Moon and being able to abuse them. So, that was my pick. Um, in a perfect world where I could design a card, I love the idea of um, you know, waste or not wasteland, but you know, a shock
0: wasteland or, or something like that. I
1: like a wasteland like et like it makes colorless mana and then yeah, you pay two life, sacrifice it, destroy target non basic. I don't want it to shock. I want to, I want it to be like you have it. It, you have to pay no matter what. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe one life. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I think maybe one mana. Maybe wasteland, but it's one mana. So it's not Field of Ruin. It's not Ghost Quarter. They don't get anything. Yeah. But you have to pay a mana to something, wasteland. Yep. I'm totally okay with the idea that wasteland might need another cost for um, Modern because you are hitting shock lands, whereas you're hitting dual lands in Legacy. So they're you, your opponent's already down something because they paid life for that land. But in a world where we don't have that... My vote is just put Wasteland in there and see what happens. Put Wasteland in and see if it needs banned. Yep, that was mine. You yep. wanna go again?
0: Sure. So my uh, non-elf pick is Price of Progress for many of the same reasons. Yep, that's pretty <laughs> that pretty
1: severe punishment. I mean, that would I think Boros Burn would be the best deck bar none immediately. In the does short hit term, both? I'm, it hits both. Though, it hits it? both players. Yeah, but Boros Burn, it's play around that pretty easily.
0: Yep, it does. Uh, but um a burn i i know we just talked about it in this challenge but outside of the errant challenge here or there is yeah. basically a
1: dead deck it hasn't gotten a new card in a long time hasn't gotten a new card
0: um, it almost whole, can't
1: get a new card yep it cuz basically like how many how many lightning bolts can you print right
0: so cuz it has like 15 now yep the um the other thing that makes me think that it's would be at least somewhat safe is uh flame rift is legal And doesn't see any two mana for four damage to each player. So that is very similar to a low tier Price of Progress, and it doesn't see any play. That's true. Um, And what I like about that is Price of Progress progressively burn, punishes, it punishes them more and more. So, like, Flame Rift doesn't see play. Four damage for two mana, not good good enough. enough. So if you're playing Price of Progress, yes, you'll probably play it, like, still cast it against two-color decks, but as we've discussed, it's not going to be on average good enough. Mm-mm. So, like, your burn isn't going to be punishing your mid midrange. What it is going to be punishing is your four and five color good stuff piles yep. or, and crap like that. I
1: mean, it's also going to punish your, it's going to, it's absolutely going to punish like Azorius Control because yep. they run fucking Triomes now for Correct. Leyland Binding.
0: And that's what I mean. Like, to me, price of progress. And again, I know a lot of this stuff is, it's kind of a touchy subject with the shocks but I think modern has gotten to the point where the overall power, the average power of a card is good enough that I think you should start to have to deal with some of the effects of playing multicolored decks. Yeah, Like I think we're, I think modern's at at the point where like pun, ag- actually punishing multicolored decks is probably an active good. And again, if it's not, you can just ban it. But like, I don't I don't see any problems. The only thing that would be a little if he is uh, blue red Murktide getting another a really good burn spell because like yeah um Murktide backed up with uh, price of progress is strong, but to me that just reeks of the problems with Murktide. Like again, we're talking about another just yeah broken card. So like yes, we we need to deal with modern as it is, but I, that would be my other card. So like I think price price of progress is an amazing card. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to cast. It's it's a little more skill intensive than people think. There is deck building costs. So, for example, in burn, with price of progress, do you cut the white? Because now you don't want to be punishing yourself. Because the the white is a very real cost in burn. It is. So it's also, it like also just,
1: buys you. I mean, buying Boros Charm alone is pretty huge. Right.
0: So just looking at the current burn list,
1: it runs three mountains. Yeah, that's that's a big cost.
0: So you're losing the consistency granted to you by Fetch Lands and Shocks. If you lose the, the sack lands that draw cards, or you're running them all, and now all of a sudden Price of Progress domes you for eight.
1: <laughs> now this is obviously a bit extreme that this would happen, but hear me out. Deflecting Palm.
0: <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Deflecting
1: Palm, name Price of Progress. It'll deal six damage to them for their lands. It'll try and do six to you for your lands, which will then do six more to them. Four mana deal 12
0: uh doesn't quite work that way so if damage is prevented deflecting foam deals that much damage to that source's controller so like it would prevent it and then deal it to you again because you control the source. oh it doesn't deal to yeah. your
1: opponent
0: yeah it doesn't deal it to its opponent it's the source's controller
1: okay never mind that combo doesn't work very well never mind
0: which is another point why price of progress
1: should be legal there you go
0: so uh i think flame rift kind of dipped its toe into that like paying two mana to deal some additional damage. I would also one hundred percent be on board with Fire Blast. Uh, Sack two mountains, deal five. Sack two Man- mountains, deal
1: four. Deal four.
0: Um, Fire Blast is great. Who? That'd be good. It'd be good, but you'd... again, it'd be good. So in what? Just, Literally
1: one deck. Just better lava dart. Basically, it'd be. I think you'd see that in Burn and Prowess, which are different. Yeah, but, but... again,
0: Prowess you don't really see anywhere. It's no. These those are the kind of decks that like because that's what I want to do. Like yours. Your pick makes perfect sense as far as, as far as the meta goes as a whole. Yeah, it's like I want to make the meta better. Mine is like I want to see decks that like exist but need a bump, and one one yeah. or two cards could bump those decks into existence. Uh, we're like again, I know we just talked about it, but Burn does yep. technically exist, but it yeah. fucking sucks right now.
1: Elves could see some real love. Elves could see
0: some love. Burns burn. or prowess could
1: see some real love. Yep.
0: Okay. Okay. So I think. Fire, Blast, or Price of Progress.
1: So we're going to end on me. This card does not necessarily make Modern better. It does not necessarily make any deck better. But it's one I want to fucking play with. (laughs) I just like it, and I want to Stifle people. Oh, I'd be 100% on board with Stifle. So I think we should put Stifle in Modern. Um, Stifle is a really good card that hits a lot of really good shit. Stifle is, I think, I still maintain that Stifle is criminally underplayed in Legacy even. Um, The idea that you go turn one, stifle your fetch land is great, but um, Stifle just hits so many goddamn things. We've reached a point in Magic where you don't play things if they don't ETB. Yep. I mean, except Merc type, it's a fucking 88 for two. So, like, Stifle is so strong. Stifle hits so many things. Um, When Stifle, uh, I I know you've been playing and Stifle's relevant. Like, it adds so many decision trees, it adds so many decisions on. Just what do I, you know, how do I play around this? What do I do? So like, um, I don't know if Stifle makes any deck better. I don't think it ruins anything. I don't, um, again, like we don't have Stifle fits best in a good tempo shell. I don't think we have a very good tempo shell. Like, is it Merktide's? kind of, that's more mid range. It's too mid rangey to be straight tempo. So like, I don't think it comes in and breaks anything, um, I think it's a now great the combination.
0: Tool. If you got your wish of Wasteland and Stifle, that might cause some problems. That's true. We are getting, <laughs> we are starting to get close yep, to Legacy Delver. Now we have Ragavan DRC and Murktide, With Wasteland Land, and Stifle and That's Lightning true. Bolt, and it's like, at what point do you cut the ex- Arcane? I mean, charms to just start running. Other we might as well just run Days. So yep. Let's just put Days in there. That just that did remind me another card that I think would be acceptable would be Chain Lightning, basically something oh, yeah. from Legacy Burn. I think would be really cool. Chain lightning, fire blast, or price of progress would all be yeah. perfectly acceptable. Chain lightning's a little iffy because it helps more decks. It doesn't just like hard help burn.
1: Yeah, it just gives another lightning uh, one mana lightning bolt to a lot of decks. Yeah. Unconditional one mana lightning bolt. Yeah. Although it is sorcery speed, so there's that. So I do
0: like I think out of those three, I think the order would be price of progress, fire blast, chain yep. lightning. Um but yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think like I I, yeah
0: Stifle would be cool. I I think Stifle
1: be I think I think Stifle is a really fun card to have relevant in a format, and you know usually it pops in and out. It'll be relevant for a few months or a few weeks, and then it'll pop out of relevance, and then it'll pop back in. And you really have to change how you play if you're playing in a world where Stifle's a possibility or even likely. So so
0: just to touch on something because I know we shit on it all the time. That same tension is why so many people, including myself, like Days as a card when it's not. Backed up by just two man yeah. game ending threats.
1: Well, yeah. When days doesn't protect game winning threats, it is fun to to do the math in your head of like, can I play around days? Do I have to hope they don't have it? Can I play into it? Do I bait it? Yep. It's got that same.
0: It's they're different decisions, but it's that same effect on the game where you yeah. just have this one card and it's the sheer fact that it exists and you're sitting across from it. Yes. Just adds so many decisions to your decision tree.
1: It makes the game so much more complicated in a good way. Yes. Now I said the complaint is that it's it's. Protecting game-winning cards, yeah, for and two they mana. just keep
0: printing them. So yeah, that's but, the argument you know, no world where, against
1: it, you know, even though I ha- I hated days looking back, though I'm like I better appreciated the gameplay that days created a couple years ago in legacy. Well, it's it's
0: cool when you're. So one of the things I love about Pioneer is there are no free counter spells. Yes, but one of the things I like when you're playing uh, Legacy, it does make the game more tense. Absolutely. Because, like, you don't know that, like, you just windmill slam
1: your turn two. Yeah, when I go, yeah, when I tap out and play whatever, Teferi, like, whatever you play resolves. Yep. You can do whatever you want. And that is not the case in Legacy. Right. Legacy is like, how many cards in your hand? Right. Okay, he's brainstormed twice. He's already forced, so he's already forced one thing.
0: Hmm... It's just a totally different experience. It is.
1: It's, it's very. And Stifle adds that level of complexity yep. to games. Um, even if it doesn't see a ton of play, it will see play. People will play it. It is a good card. I don't think it sees play enough in Legacy, just as a just a generic one-mana good spell. Yep. It's almost never dead, especially in Legacy. It pitches to Force always, which is minor, but always very relevant. It's going to pitch to a lot of things in Modern as well. It's going to pitch to Force Negation. Uh, technically subtlety, but... Uh, but like I said, I would add Stifle. So that's, those are the cards that. Yeah. So instead of doing I, four, we did like eight. Like eight. But I think, I think Legacy could give some cool gifts to, to, uh, Modern. Um, we could talk about what gifts Modern would give to Legacy, but we've already banned a few of them in Legacy. Yeah. So we're not, <laughs> they've already been given. Some were given back. Right. But, uh, did that you was a, keep the receipt. <laughs> yeah. That was a really cool idea from Emperor. I appreciate it. It was kind of fun to kind of rock my brain about like what, what cards would be interesting in Modern wouldn't break Modern? Because that's, that's a fine line. There's a lot of cards in Legacy that are just way too fucking good for Modern. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I think we had some really cool like card ideas. I, I like that. For the most part, we came into it where it's like, how can we improve the format? How can we improve a deck? How can we make it a better world in Modern? And that's you know things like Wasteland, things like Glimpse, things like uh, Price of Progress, Stifle.
0: Honorable mention, Rashad and Port would be Rishan cool.
1: Rishad and Port, yep. That'd be a really cool card to see. We get, um, I know that I think we've seen in the Murfolk that new Murfolk Rashad
0: and Port yep. dude. He's, he's seen some play. Yep, there usually a, there's a couple copies. of So him. like
1: it would be cool to see Rashad and Port seeing play in some decks. Um, but yeah, that was it, it. Was a fun thought experiment. I enjoyed that very much. Thank you, Emperor.
0: Well, and then just to bring, just to kind of close out the talk about that, the uh, Legacy Murfolk frequently ran Rashad and Port. So yes. like if oh, you got yeah. Rashad and Port between Rashad and Port and and like all the lords, you're talking about coming pretty close to having legacy merfolk in yeah. modern. And I mean, again, merfolk, let's look at the challenge here. There's one in the top 32.
1: You tell There's me that. There's pretty regularly one in the top, one or two yeah, in the top 32. Like that
0: deck, like you tell me Rashad and Port's going to suddenly cause problems.
1: Yeah. But it will make the deck a chunk better. Yeah. It would. It would absolutely help it. So,
0: Matt, that, that's a year. Yeah. That was a
1: year. That's our first. Uh, so this, that, that's mostly the end of the magic talk. We're basically gonna. What I want to do is I want to do. Maybe, yeah. So if you don't like us
0: and you just like the info,
1: yeah, <laughs> a good time to good time to bail out. Yep. Um, but maybe 10, 15 on. It's our first full year recording a podcast. We've, it's obviously we've we've crossed a Christmas before, uh, but last year we. Yeah, we started like halfway through. We started like in August, a little <laughs> after halfway. You know, we hit our one year this year, but this is our first year. We January to December we recorded a whole year of podcasting. We're done. We're never coming back. This is the end of the last episode forever. That's not true. I'm turning. I'm leaving the Patreon though. I'm gonna see how long it can <laughs> run. <laughs> my plan is we'll be back uh, the first Thursday mm. of January yep. is my goal. Now I'm not saying something couldn't happen and move that, but yeah, by no means are we going anywhere. We're just taking a few weeks off. A few uh, weeks you, off. Yeah. You can still hit us. Uh, you can still hit us up on the Gmail. You can still hit us up on Facebook. You can still, if you hop onto the Patreon, hop the Discord, we'll still chit chat. But we're taking a few weeks R and R, Matt. What do you think about this year uh, at Cartel? Uh, it's been a
0: good year. We've seen some solid growth. We've gotten much better at what we're doing. Um like I said again, no like super spoilers, but we do have plans for producing more content. Yep. Um
1: which part of these next few weeks is probably going to feed into that?
0: Yeah. That'll give us a chance so to you, like get our feet you, underneath us. You know, how there's no rest that. for
1: the wicked. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably be div- divert, divesting sometime into that. Yep.
0: So yeah, overall big year. Like a lot of st- big year for personal growth too. Yep, yeah, big year for personal stuff. Kind of a bad year for me as far as some other personal stuff. Yeah, between uh, Derek and my dog. Um, yeah, you had a rough two. a rough, rough few had, months. Basically from August to November, kind of fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah, it did not go well. <laughs> so got a new job, and then Derek, and then Sid, and it was it was a rough few weeks. Um, but you're on the uphill climb though. Yeah, I mean. The the trick with me is like I've been depressed and whatnot. Yep. To me, sadness is like wildly different than depression. So like
1: yeah, I, know, it, I, I don't
0: even necessarily I. It sounds kind of morbid. I
1: and I like feeling sad. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I could draw so a, like, a smaller comparison. I like feeling angry. Mm-hmm. oh dumb, uh, that but makes like, perfect sense <laughs> but like jake does things that makes himself angry all yep. the fucking time <laughs> i feel very comfortable in being angry yep and so like i get very frustrated and very upset i'm not mad that i'm angry though I, i'm not i i purposely choose things that make me angry sometimes so yeah i can get the whole like feeling comfort in being a little yep. sad i feel comfort. So it was, being angry.
0: like it's one of those things where like in general i think i handle grief fairly well um and it's a good thing because there was plenty of it this year. Yeah, you had a lot. I also had several family members die <laughs> that I just didn't bring up. Yeah, they didn't They didn't make it onto the show. Yeah. So, like, there's been a decent amount of death on my side of the um, room this year. But, I mean, it's a good year for games, good year for Magic. It was. Like, it was. Uh, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun recording the podcast sometimes. I mean, again, it's basically... A very part-time job. So sometimes you just don't really feel like doing it, but you got to get up and do it anyways. Yes. And, you know, most of the time with me, I'm very, I've mentioned this before to other people. I don't know if I've said it here. Mental inertia hits me really hard. So when I'm, you'll notice it here, when we're recording, I'm almost never the one to want to stop the conversation. Yep. But I hate getting the conversation going. So, like, if I'm playing a video game, I don't want to stop. If I'm watching TV, I don't want to stop.
1: Like, But starting it but is the hard once part. I get,
0: yeah, once I get started, I just keep doing whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, a perfect example of this would be we used to have a Sunday game group. We met basically every Sunday for, yes, for almost years. every Sunday for two or three years straight. Yes. We would meet up at around between 11 and noon. My worst hour of the week was 10 (laughs) o'clock. Getting ready to get dressed. Because I had to get going and go do that. As soon as I was there, I was 100% on board. I loved it. I had a great time every time. And I I didn't even want to leave. Yep. But, like, that hour of, like, fuck. I got to get up. I got to get all my shit together. Now I got to go fucking hang out with these guys. And, Mm -hmm. like, I just want to stay home and play a video game. Like,
1: Yeah, there's a reason
0: I identify with hobbits a lot. Like, just hide. Just just, I want to go into my little hole and do my own thing. Yeah, and be left alone. But as soon as I get out, I'm very much an introvert. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as I get out, I'm good to go. But kind of like one of one of the things people use to kind of differentiate between an introvert and an extrovert is like an introvert expends energy to be around people and an extrovert gets energy from being around people. Yeah. And I'm very much an introvert. Like there's, there's a tank. Yep. And when it's gone, I'm done with y'all. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, again, and once I get it, once I get the ball rolling,
1: I'm good to go. But then I'm like, okay, eventually get the fuck out of my house. Cause I'm out of gas. (laughs) I definitely get what you're saying with like, especially with the podcast. Like, um, I love recording the podcast, and case in point, we do it for literally two to three, three and a half hours. There's no, I couldn't fucking be here for three hours but I didn't enjoy doing it. But like in case more like today, like I sat at home and I sat on the couch. I was talking to my wife on the phone a little bit, and I was like, I would love nothing more than to sit here and take a nap. And I have to leave in twenty minutes. Yep. And while I cannot wait to record the podcast, God, I don't want to fucking go. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was like, Why don't you just rec- record mo- remotely? And I was like, I could. But it's not. It, it as just good. sucks. It's I mean, like it doesn't suck. Tons of people do it. It is so much worse for us than doing it in person. Um, I think that's what brings our it brings a lot to our show is that we do it face to face in the same room. And once I once I show up and I sit, I get my shoes off, I sit down, have a snack, I'm ready to go. This is awesome. I'm ready to, excited to talk to you, excited to record. But I absolutely sit on the couch and I'm like, I worked all day. I would love a nap. I would love to take keep my shoes off and not fucking go record. Yep. but we need to it's what we do and once we I know once we get going I fucking love it it's so much fun to talk about legacy and modern and what you've been doing and what I've been doing so I definitely feel that too definitely yeah. definitely push past it but good year some rough rough moments but a, a good year I think year. we've
0: got I think we've got a decent amount of like practice at this like there's not a you handle most of the technical stuff so like I haven't developed any skills in that regard really like, but you have obviously you've mm-hmm. learned a decent amount of like, you know, audio editing and like setting up stuff and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but like, just there's there's something to be said for like just doing it, where it's just like, yeah, we don't know how to make a podcast. Well, now we're yep. now we're over we're a year and what four months, so we're sixteen months
1: in. Yep, ballpark. Like we have a very devout following. Yep, uh, we have we have a, a large audience why. worldwide. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I said, God knows why. <laughs> oh, God knows. I said, worldwide. Yeah, yeah World God knows why.
1: <laughs> but we have a lot of people that really enjoy listening to us. We have people that love talking to us privately. We have.
0: Yeah, and um, we'll again. It's we've gotten to the point where like now we're talking about doing more stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's gotten us to do even more podcasts. Maybe. Yeah. So, so it's been pretty cool. It was a big year for me. Obviously, I made uh, this is the first time in my life I have a legit career. Uh, the closest thing I had to a career was when I was working at the barn with Nadia before I met my wife. Um, training horses generally mustangs which i do miss every day uh, i know I, I know plenty of people miss hearing about it i do very much miss that job i do very much miss those horses i do miss that career path uh this is this doesn't work out for me right now it's also not a very lucrative path um especially if you, you look kinda at
0: you kind of have to be okay with being poor
1: you have to be i mean not like definitely poor, worse off but
0: yeah and, it's a huge it is a pretty sizable um, ch-
1: it, you time. have to really love it because you're like, for example, your hourly is gonna be dog shit. Yep. I mean, if you were to calculate your hourly, you're making probably five dollars an hour. You even but if you get to work you, 16 hours a day. Yeah, Jake. but you get to play with horses 16 hours a day, <laughs> uh, which to a lot of people is a dream come true, and it is event to a point. And then sometimes it's five degrees outside and it's windy, and you just go work a horse for 16 hours. Mm-hmm. So like, I do miss that, but it's just. You know, probably the closest thing I had to a career, though I never considered working at FedEx as a career. I'm um, working in the office could have been, but I didn't enjoy office work. Um, I like being out, like using my hands. I never was very good at the corporate speak. I was never very good at. There's a lot of bullshit in corporate world, and I see through it, and it bugs me. I don't like it. Yeah,
0: I don't fit in there at all. Like,
1: there's there's some <laughs> corporate stuff at our job now. And I kind of just—it's the worst part about it in my—it opinion. is 100 percent. And I kind of just ignore it. I'm not—I don't plan on being corporate with this company or in this field. I'm, I might open my own my own small business, but I don't ever plan on being corporate and having to do with yeah. the corporate nonsense. So like, this is the first time I view being a plumber as an, a legitimate career that I will probably carry with me the rest of my life. I'm hoping to become a journeyman in the next. Uh, take me take me four years four years from now hopefully I'll be a journeyman plumber and I'll be finishing up my education I'll be ready to take my test and be a legit graduate and be a for realsies plumber that can go do everything you know all around the country but I started my career my wife recently quit her job she's already working for a new company uh, part-time right now basically waiting for an offer in a few months but there she's already making more than she was so she's She's doing really well. I'll be honest; it was very stressful these last three weeks of basically her deciding to quit and being like, maybe she'll wait until she has a job lined up, and me telling her, no, fuck it, just leave. This is killing you, and taking that jump and being like, well, I don't know if we're gonna make any money. The more you know, propane. We need propane in a few weeks. Let's see if we can get a credit card. As a, I have an emergency backup credit card now, mm-hmm. but just kind of see what happens and. That's working out really well. She's, you know, happier immediately. She's been enjoying a little bit of free time. She's been working her butt off still, but not as much. She gets way more compensated for her time.
0: Well, just from the outside looking in, and I I don't know, Sarah, obviously not nearly as well as you do, but I've hung out with her a decent amount. Yeah. The work never really seemed like the problem. No, it's not. Like, she can sit there and embalm motherfuckers all day. Yeah. But it's like... It's the she, interpersonal crap. Like, she was, just doesn't like dealing with li- the living. She doesn't yeah, it was have the issues
1: with the dead. <laughs> it was absolutely the people and the environment. Yeah. Uh, in case anyone's listening that's a manager or runs a company, it's the environment nine times out of 10, not the work. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had shitty jobs. I mean, I've had jobs where I get up at three in the fucking morning to go sort packages in a trailer that's 105 degrees, and we're laughing our fucking asses off all morning, having a good time. It's not. It, it can be the work. A lot of times it's the environment. Yeah,
0: for most people it's the environment. It's the We're environment.
1: And that drove her away. But, yep. you know, it's working out well for her. I'm really happy. Um, my new career is starting to get going. You know, every about every two months I get a huge upgrade to my life. Like, first of all, my first upgrade was I don't have to deal with FedEx's bull crap anymore. Then the upgrade was I don't have to buy gas anymore. Then the upgrade was I don't have to drive an hour and a half to work anymore. Um, I'm getting uh, in and about, a couple more months you'll be on your own. I'll be out on my own doing my own doing my own stuff, you know, working towards my own goals, getting my own things accomplished. So it was a very big year for me. It was if we're counting my adult life, this is this year is probably the biggest year second only to graduating college and finishing that four- year degree, which you know I'll have that happen again here in a couple of years when I graduate college again.
0: Well, I'm glad I could do that for you. But
1: and I very much think <laughs> that very much was because of Matt. Yeah. Matt left, I was just... found this company. Said, "Hey, Jake, I think you should work for this company. It's a good company. I got a. I applied, got hired on. I think I have a lot of potential here. I think I'm already well spaced to be a very successful employee based on what I see going on. A lot of competent employees. I don't think I'll have any problem staying, keeping up with them and doing well. So it was a very good personal year for me, and it was also a really fun year podcasting. You know, we really kind of hit our stride this year." we we were still getting our feet underneath us last year going into January. Uh we're both a lot more confident. We're both a lot more competent. We both have a lot more fun. We got a lot more reps. It's a lot of, you know it's just it's easier.
0: Yeah, well I mean you can tell like if you just look at the the length of episodes. I mean yeah. this episode's going to be almost 3 hours long.
1: I mean yeah, probably yeah, we're at 2 we're at 2:40 now. Yeah. Like yeah, and it's just the 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 willingness to just record longer and just talk more and you know there's definitely There's definitely some people that don't appreciate longer episodes. I've talked with uh, Will from Dr. Casual, DR Casual, his new podcast, which I highly recommend people check out, DR Casual everywhere. Um, He keeps his at like an hour, maybe an hour and ten, very aggressively. He Mm -hmm. actually advised us very strongly against hour and a half, two hour, three hour podcasts. He thought they were a net negative for us. For sure, some people don't like them. To those people, I say just listen to as much as you want. I don't don't see how for a reason. I don't see why that, i mean someone will disagree with me but i don't see why a podcast being longer would upset you if you only have an hour a day for my podcast that's awesome i appreciate it listen to the first hour or yeah skip to the legacy and just listen to the legacy part or whatever and then be done with it forever that's fine with me
0: yep the the as far as the podcasting thing goes there's there's something to be said for brevity but it's To me, it's when your podcast is primarily about disseminating information. Yeah. So, like, if you, for example, just were listening to the news, if you can hit the five biggest stories Mm -hmm. in 15 minutes just so I can catch up with what happened yesterday, that's fantastic. Yep. But the flip side is, if you look at the biggest podcasts in the world, they're almost always long-form conversations.
1: Well, another thing is, we started this podcast with the goal of it being basically a news show, and we were going to talk about the weekly meta report and the deck lists and the cards that are relevant, and... I think it has very much shifted, and we've had, I've had probably five individual separate people email me and give me this comment that they appreciated that we take a very complicated thing like Magic and Modern or Magic Legacy, these very complicated, difficult formats, we make them digestible and understandable. And so like, I think we have transitioned from a new show that was just primarily concerned with, like, I want easy access to what's going on in Magic, what's in the meta, what cards are relevant, and what do I care about, to introducing people to new ways to think about magic new ways to evaluate cards and new ways to look at these intense and complicated formats that people maybe have never seen but when you get a little into the weeds in them are actually really fun and really cool yep and that shift is kind of where we started moving into longer episodes because we started getting into these decks and allowing ourselves to just ramble on them for a little bit and you know st- fight for 20 minutes on whether or not this card is equivalent to that card or which one's better or why would they run this mm-hmm. and i think you know some people for sure don't like that and they don't listen to us for that reason and that's totally cool but plenty of people do enjoy it yep so i there's a long way of saying that i really enjoyed making podcasts this year
0: yeah, it was a lot of fun.
1: Um, I tell everyone they should start one. I tell, like I told my dad, because he's very passionate about photography, we should start a podcast on photography, and we'll just talk about photography and how to do it, because he's self-taught. I talked to uh, my teacher, uh, my teacher Drew, because he's been a plumber for 35 years, I was like, yeah, absolutely, just a fucking podcast, even if you did like a little mini 10-episode series, and just some fun, interesting stories about being a plumber for 30 years. I talked to my wife, she should do a podcast, because she has amazing, fun stories to tell about being a mortician for the last 15 years, like... After doing it, you know, for 16 months and seeing it is difficult, but how doable it is? Absolutely. I tell everybody, do a fucking podcast. Just get your thoughts out there. Have some fun. Maybe you don't want to listen. Maybe you'll have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners. Maybe you'll have thousands of listeners. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. But one of the things one of the things we said when we started this, and this my last thought is, you know, being on the internet is kind of like playing the lottery. Once, sometimes someone goes viral, they have, they get millions of followers, they become super popular because they make good content. And it's, then their
0: life is ruined.
1: Well, sometimes. <laughs> I say it's like playing the lottery on whether or not you kind of just get lucky and go viral and you can't win the lottery if you don't play. Yep. And so if you've got some fun stories to tell, if you've got some fun things to say, if you've got something interesting that you think people might want to hear, get a mic, make a podcast, play the lottery, see what happens.
0: I will say, on the topic of the lottery, I don't have a calculator in front of me, second. Oh, I didn't tell anybody. I got a new phone. I oh, yeah, got Matt a new has, phone.
1: Matt got a brand new phone for Christmas this year. He gifted himself a phone. He no longer has a 10-year-old piece of crap.
0: I am currently up to $6,935 I've won from the lottery by not playing. If you go with a dollar <laughs> ticket every day. <laughs> well, we
1: have been playing the podcast lottery for a while. And that is
0: exactly how I view the lottery. That's I, <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Matt, was there anything else you want to talk about today? No, I think uh, as we wrap up, <laughs> two our, we,
0: hours and 50 minutes is pretty much We wrap up out. our
1: 2022 podcasting career and we uh, get some rest in us and then we go boldly forward into 2023. Yeah, I think we got it. So, final shout out of the year to our patrons. So, thank you to Emperor, who diligently puts up our stuff every single week. We really appreciate it. Thank you to Ramblin' Rogue. Thank you to Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate jameson asphalt ted Mumbledown, and most recently rob m you just made it in time thank you guys for supporting us thank you for helping us thank you for talking to us and we will see you guys next year
0: yep have a nice night guys and bring my kazoo
1: i think let's just end the episode on have a merry christmas have a happy hanukkah happy holidays have a happy holidays and a happy new year
3: Welcome, step on in to the cancer cartel. Chicken, back, chatting metagames, or we'll slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the praise homes of so some so scary, so legendary. in Rangers, scrounge the sylvan libraries, where when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows, let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground, nourish the life from the loam until it flourished mound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birchlorian mounds, Gaia's pedal exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds Paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stomping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou sincerum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Drawing cards with the cantrip trip cartel.